Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Venom. I'm JP. And I'm Alan Forel. Alan Forel's here, hey. everybody. Pleased to have you, mate. We're, uh, we're cut, not cutting in on any World Cup action. We are cutting in on uh, apparently Dot's funeral happening over. It's been happening over on BBC tonight in uh, in East Dot's funeral. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah, I think that was the uh, the episode. Of East. Apparently, uh, Robbie was contacted for. Uh, for an appearance, but uh, I think like uh, like Raw when they bring the legends back, I think his uh, his money value was too high. I don't know what Wellard was uh, was asking, but uh, yeah, I did see a lot of people tweeting about that before. I can't believe that Dean Gaffney priced himself out of being an EastEnders. <laughs> shocking, shocking behaviour. I don't think he should be taking liberties with stuff like that. There's, a, there's another run with him mm. in as as Robbie and Wellard, Wellard <laughs> Junior. You know that's what he'll end up being or something along those lines. He's a typical agent worker, isn't he? You know, the, the, maybe the personal issues and the uh, and the other stuff outside of uh, EastEnders might be the reason he's not brought back. I don't know what the uh, the wrestling equivalent might be. The question of Carl, as he says it, is she shoot dead? Like that's a, that's a, <laughs> what what an incredible only wrestling Unless we've killed her, and I'm wrestling. wrong. No, she is. Yeah, she did. June Brown died. I know that much. Mm. Yeah, but she, like still at the same time, just that phrase, shoot dead. We have to ask that. Like, is something real? I'll stop. To, I don't know if you could. I never want to find myself at a funeral and go, is this a shoot funeral or is it a worked one? Uh, do you reckon they brought back any other big stars? Who could they have brought? Oh, so I, I, sorry, I don't know anything about it. East. I don't know the first thing about it. All I was going to say was uh, Paul Bear is the one wrestling example I have of someone who went from not shoot dead to shoot dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. true. Was it the um, double? They worked it into the angle, didn't cement? they? The Dudleys, yeah, yeah, mm. on that awful, pay- one of the worst pay-per-views ever. Yeah, it was like in a December, wasn't, wasn't it? Bash. I remember it being like the end of the year. Yeah, No, it was summer. Like it was summer. Oh, it was, was it? Great American it was Bash 04. It was like mm. a week after I did my leave insert, so I didn't give a shit how bad it was. I was like so happy. I was like, school is done. I've done my final exams. It's like, there's a WWE pay-per-view. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be great fun. It was like the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. I was like, well, this was so bad, but not even this could dampen my spirits. Um, yeah, but like Billy Gunn versus Mordecai and Kenzo Suzuki versus oh. someone else. God, that was a dire it's summer. Hard, of brand, uh, brand split era, wasn't it? Uh, Alan is not a fair city man, uh, Jordan, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely What's not. What's fair city? It's the Dublin soap. Yeah. I've had my oh, girlfriend okay. watch it because I can now get RTE up on the the new telly we got. So like, I, I have I, never watched an episode of it. I've probably walked past it filming more than I've actually walked watched episodes of it. So um, it's it's oh. exactly what you'd believe it to be, which is a completely unrealistic of living and working in Dublin in 2022. Like certainly from a housing perspective, it certainly seems a lot mm. easier than what the reality is. The only soap I ever got into was when I was like 16, 17 on Easter holidays for two weeks. I watched Hollyoaks every day because oh. um, wow. they uh, they did a good job casting for Hollyoaks uh, back in 2003, 2004 when I was 16, 17. Right up my alley. <laughs> Caught my attention. Mate. We've we've all had a Hollyoaks phase. Though. That's a that's a rite of passage of uh, as as any adult or something. Even I had that. As well, I was talking yeah. about it again with uh, the other day with my girlfriend about it, and and we were we were talking about I was talking about Tony. Was he in Hollyoaks when you were watching it, Alan? Oh, I don't remember any of them. 
Um, no, <laughs> I, I don't remember any of them. I don't remember any storylines. Not. <laughs> it's like attitude theater wrestling that it is for uh, for young teenage yeah. Allen is what we're saying here. Yeah. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I never watched Hollyoaks, but like everyone from Liverpool's like got that story of like they know someone who was an extra in it or something. Like they make Carlos and actors done it. Like loads of people and everyone who's like a little bit fame hungry has done uh, has done that turn as a as a Hollyoaks. Where was Hollyoaks set? Was that like in the Chester, middle? Wasn't it? Chester, okay. I think, yeah. It's definitely filmed that way anyway, if, if it's not set there, but I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. It's still going on it, that bloke from uh, I Was a Celebrity was, uh, was in it. I, that shot me. See, the soap's be- bigger runs than, uh, than WWE. Everything's the still going. It's all, about, in it's all about the retro content. What's that? Is it the lad who finished second in the runner-up? Yeah, it is. I Was a Celebrity. Yeah, I know he was well, weren't you, like, sneaky dog? That I saw on. the first couple and I, and then I went away and I stopped bothering because yeah, fuck that. Watching watching a Tory uh, potentially win at a competition <laughs> wasn't for me. But like I love that. It's like it's it's like we always talk about time. It's like all these these soaps that were big in the nineties, two thousands, like uh, you know, like the wrestling are the one thing still running, you know, and they and they operate like EastEnders tonight on you know, on nostalgia, you know, bring bring it back, maybe bring back Nasty Nick, things like that. You know, it's all, uh, our generation's the lead on this stuff. That's uh, always trying to appeal to it to get us back. And the only way to do it is nostalgia. And it's <laughs> it's what we're getting at the minute. We're getting it in all aspects of wrestling, really, aren't we, at mm. this stage? We're, you know, mm. what's Someone should do a podcast on time, I think. <laughs> Don't. It's terrifying. When you see that, like, <laughs> when, a, when, when you start to see, I don't know, John Tenter is all, mm. was literally someone who whose age as a young man makes you just kind of mm. question like you think god this wasn't healthy this wrestling lark on him was he at this stage <laughs> Lads, i i was i was in the office um uh, one of the days last week and i was uh setting up there we have a few students working for us at the moment and uh i um uh i was setting them up showing them how to do our archiving because we're clearing out space in the office so um, lovely, lovely job for him too, but it's it's an easy job. So like, it's the type of thing I'd like to, mm. I, I'd like, I'd enjoy doing uh, when I was their age. But um, uh, so I was like, oh, have, have you have you guys ever made up one of those boxes like that are in an office? Yeah, you know what I'm I talking struggle. about. I, I can't get yeah. the head around it. Like too complicated. Yeah, they're 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 mad. So uh, <laughs> I uh, I I had many a struggle with them when I was uh, working. Um, in the accounting mm. firm when I was when I started work and we'd go off to client sites and we'd have to make up the boxes and I was pathetic at it but I eventually got the hang of it um so I was like right do you want me to show you or do you want to figure it out for yourselves tomorrow and they're like we'll figure it out and I was like all right all right and I was like it's it's pretty it's pretty tricky it's kind of like it's kind of like the crystal maze and they both looked at me blankly <laughs> and I was like oh yeah, yeah that's right Crystal Maze was like that finished probably like 15 years before you were born. <laughs> That's it. Can't be like it's probably like three other versions since is the thing. That's there the thing. was they've probably seen it, but it's like it's some gobshite 23 year old like presenter or something Rich, like that. Richard you know? Iowardi, mate. He was not, doing Oh, is it? Is he the host now? Like, he uh, came oh, back. Right. Bald fella. If it's not the bald fella, I don't want to know yeah. about it. What was his All name? They, well, the bald fellow was Richard O'Brien, who yep. co-wrote ah, Rocky Horror Picture yeah, Show. Instagram. Like, because they're two natural mm. connecting points in your career to go from that <laughs> to the Crystal Maze. But <laughs> which I love the Crystal Maze. It seemed incredibly exciting mm. to me, like as a as a as a younger man as well. But then I thought the Krypton yeah. factor was exciting, and that's something that should be brought back. That mental challenges and then a <laughs> mad assault course where you could just lose it all because you know everything. I but, yeah, oh, it's just a glorious show. 
but um, yeah, we've, said, we've, we've used the theme before, music JP, before. Yeah, like I know, like one of me, I think one, of, I'm pretty sure, like one of me aunties applied to uh, to go on Crystal Maze. Like it was the same like group of me aunties we managed to get on um, Noel Edmonds Telly Addicts, and there's still a uh, if you go around to me auntie's house, there's still a picture above the couch with like Noel in the middle and them all, all sat around them. Like I said to you on the pre-show the other week, like I can distinctly remember being a kid and watching it and just watching the telly going. But I was my mum in the living room and on telly at the same time. That's when I was first <laughs> introduced to the fact that uh, not everything on TV was uh, was apparently uh, live as a stupid young uh, young bedo. So, but yeah, my granddad went on fifteen to one as well. I remember that he was uh, he was always the one at home who uh, he knew the answer to every question. Then he he got on telly with the bright lights in his face and uh, yeah, failed the question. <laughs> Did he lose yeah. like the three lines? Still got on the telly, you know, proud uh, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was not. He wasn't the granddad that I was used to seeing sat on the couch there reeling off all the answers you know it's a different thing when you know in front of a big audience and stuff when uh, no, you know, you're being there being grilled and on the cloth and stuff it's not like as easy as at all 15 to 1 is like a, doing a g1 like that's hard that was hard mm. questions and mm. like you couldn't be a fucking passenger during that like and all you wanted at the end was mm. a glorified antique ashtray like it was disgusting the way <laughs> they did that but it was just it was proper like hardcore you weren't there for the money like you were there like mm. you know because you wanted to get your reps in there's like a quiz master before you could go and see a telly addicts and then piss the money like you can just go oh, there's thousands of stake here it's not why people do eggheads now isn't it it's like that's yeah. your kind of like that's your indie work that's when you're putting it in at like a pwg level i mean i know it's on the bbc but you're not there for the money are you it's a bad BBC. time slot, it? it's on the BBC, but it's rampage and it's on a four in the afternoon. It's not a you know, you wanna you wanna be like you wanna be who wants to be a millionaire, eight PM, ITV prime time. That's what you want. That kind of quiz should be the uh, the goal. We mentioned the Irish version of soaps earlier, JP. Did you and your youth ever stumble across the Irish uh, quiz quiz show that was on RT winning streak? I I do you know what? I yeah still going, I think. Yeah. Was it one I can remember like you were what you were being made to watch it when uh, like the, there was a time you were being forced. We were having a chat about it like kind of years ago. Was it was it Ray? Oh, was it Ray? Someone who's the presenter? Am I right in thinking of winning uh, streak? Of winning streak? Because I did remember seeing it. It was was it on before the lottery? Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. But I don't know if Ray. I'm assuming you mean Ray Darcy. I don't know if mm -hmm. he ever hosts. I could be wrong. Marty Whelan, the host of Eurovision, oh, was yeah. the. He was the host for ages, and then there was there was some other guy before him who I'd say is definitely dead because he was probably quite old. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a Saturday night like ratings. Marty Whelan with I'm the sure. moustache. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> where it's that make a great show image of him in like the like on RTA Lyric FM. I think he was he was on there before. I remember Gay Byrne. <laughs> my nan loved him. He was on the radio all the time. Sorry, you have no idea who, who these people are, do you, do you Benno? Pop in the Irish territory. The numbers are going to go way up in Ireland. Oh, we are. <laughs> Gay Byrne. Gay Byrne was uh, someone who was like, basically like the... Uh, it, it, his his word was final on any matter in the country in like the <laughs> 80s and 90s. He was the ultimate authority on everything. But like, when you go back and watch stuff now, yeah, it's like, eh. like a lot of the stuff with him and Sinead O'Connor, like Sinead O'Connor went after him, like on one appearance on the Late Late Show in the nineties. It's all on YouTube. It was when she became a nun, and he was just, he had he was like, Sinead, 
why are you being such a silly girl? What are you trying to do? Oh and the crowd were like, yes, gay, well done. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? I'm living my life. You're just a fucking old man. And it's like, now you watch it, like, she's kind of, she kind of had a lot of strong points here. He was really like talking down to her and stuff like this. It's like, would you get, would you just get a grip, girl, and cop on? <laughs> like, go on, gay. Yes, you tell her now. She's, she's an absolute disgrace. <laughs> I can imagine my aunts watching that on it. I love Carl's point here about like talking like re- like the kind of wrestling we talk being niche with Irish TV from the nineties. Which I would uh, I want to talk Bosco, mate. Like, oh, I mean, God. Yeah. oh <laughs> Bosco, classic. And going for gold, which does link it with Henry Kelly, which you must have watched, Benno. Oh, I, don't, I, I remember, I remember the, the gold going for European gold, based quiz intro, but I don't think it was much. He was like a robot presenting that. Same jokes, same thing every day. I'm going for gold. I've just remembered as well, like just because we're talking about like TV appearances. Literally, I was going through my phone the other night, and this popped up for the for the video viewers, like when uh, when Will was on, um, it was a time in the and the and the bar at the bottom says David Cameron, British Conservative Party candidate for party leader. <laughs> and it's a young if he was ever young Will Cooling in the audience this is going in the show wow. images by he's way. going in the show images that's incredible that's up, that's up with him being having his face painted as a tiger right. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Cameron's about to be shown on screen but I have to get that screen grab because it was too good <laughs> so good Jordan is right just mentioning the Sunday game we mentioned Croke Park should mention the Sunday game because it has one of the best sports like theme tunes in not the modern slightly jazzed up version but that old school version mm. like the like kind of fighting music yeah Matthew saying at least it's not Will Snuff movie we saw the other year yeah, very true <laughs> yeah <laughs> very very uh, true last year's crappy art to get that but uh, anywho <laughs> Oh, I, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I I killed um, I killed the original winning streak host, uh, Mike Murphy. He is still alive, oh. Michael James Murphy, at 81 years of age. And good lad. Yeah, looking well, looking well. Former host of the Live Mike. What a pun! Winning streak and <laughs> the big cracking night. and the big interview. <laughs> yeah, winning streak started in 1990. He was the host until 2001. So Marty Whelan came along a lot later. 2009, wrestling mm. and shit to bed. Marty Whelan came to uh... <laughs> trying to steal that wrestling there, audience there, in 2009. There's a, there's, Easy yeah, there's competition. It was a perfect segue for your plug, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say, like, like I think, like, the world's become too homogenized. All these, like, you know, like local legends, or even like you go back to like, you know, like cartoons and stuff. Like, you know, cartoons you'd have it in Ireland would be not necessarily the ones you'd have it have in England. The quiz shows would all be kind of their own thing. Now everything's the same, isn't it? There's just like a, a yeah. an English version of the of a Norwegian show that's also a German show that's also on America with a different name. You know, like I was they're the proper days with the when we all had our proper local territory stars. That's what uh, that's yeah. what needs to come back. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, this isn't. This is just a dubbing thing, but I do really appreciate that we still have SpongeBob SquarePants Asquelga here in ireland um, <laughs> it's the best thing ever i like if i don't i've never done drugs if i did do drugs i would save my first drug experimenting for 
loading up an hour or two of SpongeBob in Irish and just because it's it's absolutely hilarious. I need to. Just... I've got I've got I've got access to. I'm assuming on TG Cat. Is that right? Thomas Tattoo Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> To watch SpongeBob it's in fantastic. Irish, I am well up for that, and a bit of cheeky yeah. bit of Newact afterwards to watch it all down. With, <laughs> you find uh, it all on the JP Drive, folks. By uh, tomorrow morning, we'll have that time going. There is a <laughs> there is one comment I want to mention from from Don who mentions the wheel looks like a pissed up uh, pissed <laughs> yeah, bagwell. Like that's <laughs> gloriously true. Uh, what a beard! Yeah, Simon that's says yeah. heavy night on the run for Will the night before. I mean, that's just it's a day and then a wider. You know, it's like <laughs> tripped, stumbled, and became leader of the British Conservative Party. Easily mistaken with David Cameron. <laughs> Very easily done. He is a Tory after all, as uh, as the oh. PH would say. But we, we probably should get into the uh, we probably yeah. get into the uh, the proper stuff. We'll save the plugs for later in the show because we've only got uh, Alan for a, a limited uh, amount of time. But uh, I was going to say it's not a uh, it's not a dynamite Wednesday. You haven't got a, a snoozy Thursday on the uh, on the go tomorrow. Have you? Honest, no, there's no, a, a there's no snoozy Thursdays between now and Christmas, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, devastated! I love. I heard you talk about that on the torture at uh, your routine the day after a dynamite. It home, mate. It felt very, uh, very me. Do all your work on Wednesday and Friday. Thursday's a day for uh, for for having the laptop on, but not necessarily lucky bastards. (laughs) <laughs> I, I i i i i do my work i just don't start too early i I make sure what i try to make sure is there's no meetings on a thursday morning because that's yeah mm. that's what i don't want yeah that's but, the killer uh, yeah 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 the going in the office day is never a thursday um people might start to look at notice as a trend in, uh, in my place but uh like i say we'll get to the uh, the plugs later on we were talking with alan in the uh, in the pre-show bar observed this we recorded uh today uh, we did uh, a good uh, bonus chat there about the, uh, the final battle 2009 car which you can uh, check out over there but yeah observe this is out we've got a, a shield mixtape uh, up on the feed as well which we'll yeah. maybe uh, go into in a bit more uh, detail lately later and matty was in heaven for that one i'll just say and the karen uh, peterson but, show yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's up as well. Is that we are chucking plugs in at this stage, aren't we? But we'll probably go more in depth later on. It'll be a nice lead as we try and kill time. We haven't got that much to say really about NXT deadline for the most part. So we'll, yeah, we'll take we'll save that for a bridge. We'll take that in that direction. But like I say, we were talking on the pre-show about uh, 2009's uh, final battle and the uh, the wacky card uh, therein of uh, Horowitz's uh, first attempt at, a, at an internet pay-per-view. And it, it rounded us nicely into the uh, the main thing we're going to talk about today, which is uh, Horowitz's uh, final battle from uh, from 2022. Uh, we, there is obviously the uh, the elephant in the room, which is the uh, the ROH uh, TV situation, which came out of final battle. We'll uh, we'll get to that in a bit. But I just thought we got we got the great man Alan Farrell on. We've got a a pay per view that was a lot better than uh, I think most uh, expected. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the uh, always the story, isn't it? You know, you've uh, got the, uh, some of the best wrestlers in the world in there, including two of the best tag teams uh, in the world out there. They're gonna uh, they're gonna deliver for you. But I would say it was definitely a, a pay per view that uh, delivered uh, above expectations. But yeah, um, I'll go to you first, Alan. Did you watch the thing live on it with the with the lovely start time of uh, nine pm on a Saturday night as well? No need I for did. A, I mean, how can you not? How can you not? We we mm. get so few. These opportunities are so few and far between for us that you have to take. Felt them like Mania embrace. weekend, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did and um, yeah. So it was. It was very very convenient. I um, I, yeah. I just kind of set myself aside those hours to to watch it and uh, um, mm. got myself in a nice uh, bit of Japanese food and it was uh, it was lovely. It was a lovely mm. evening watching the. Watched Noro H, watched all the pre-show, 
um, which was very mm-hmm. good. And uh, the, the mm-hmm. show itself was like, I don't know if I'm as high on it as everyone else. Like it was a little bit of a roller coaster for me. It had its peaks and valleys. Mm. Um, like I really enjoyed the. Was it the first? So it was the what? What are H pay per views have there been so far? The one. Oh yeah, Mania it was Weekend. Of Honor. Wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, weekend, yeah. yeah, I think the, I think the mm-hmm. last one, the, the one in the summer was the one I really liked. So that had the second match. What was the ROH title? Oh yeah, that was the Claudio, um, Gresham. Gresham. There was some other match on that show. The opener, that I yeah. Really, really loved. Um, mm, FDR Briscoes maybe. F- yeah, well, yeah, that was that was good. That was really good. Was it? Was there a Wheeler and? Um, yeah, that was the first Wheeler Garcia match. I yes. loved, I loved was, yeah. their first match, and I this one, the one they had on the show, I was a little bit disappointed by because I thought with it being the clearly going to be like the final match of the of the trilogy, I thought they were going to get like a mm. lot of time and have like an epic match, and it was like mm. they told a good story within the context of the other matches, but it was maybe like the shortest match they had and the finish kind of just happened. And I was like, okay, it's done. Mm. Uh, I just, I would have liked it to go to another scale. Like the best match those guys had was before either of them were in AEW when they had their hour match uh, in August, 2021 on um, that IWTV show. Mm. I, was, I was like, I came close to five I think that was in JP's top 10 that year. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Or was it yours? Well, you uh, had it, yeah. I think, yeah, I think someone mentioned it, and I, I think I realized I forgot to have it in my top 10. Um, right. That when was, we were yeah. when we were recording, and I was disgusted in myself, but yeah, that much ruled. <laughs> and then they had a really good first one. The TV one was really good, and I expected this one to like blow the others away and just be an epic, and it just wasn't. Mm. So that kind of let me down. The Joe hmm. Juice match was a total come down after the dog collar match. And, uh, so it was like you, you had these ups and downs throughout the show. And um, hmm. uh, But overall, I enjoyed the experience. And I, I mentioned the pre-show. I, I honestly, like just in terms of delivering versus expectations, one of the things I enjoyed the most on the show was Top Flight versus the Kingdom. I thought that hmm. ruled. I thought that was such a great tag match. What I said at the time was like, if this was a territory or a nineties promotion, I'd be like sending and where you run like three house shows a week or whatever, all around the country and doing a European tour. I'd have, this as like match number two or match number one, kicking off every house show. Like just, it would be like my mm. second top tag program going around the loop for six months. It like just because yeah, top flight would get so much out of work in the kingdom, just kind of giving that bit of, Sort of structure and, and pacing to the matches that maybe they um uh, i think top flight are really good i'm not someone who thinks they need to like kind of slow it down or whatever but i think just having that um i'd say it's a lot more relaxing to wrestle the kingdom than it is to mm. wrestle say pentagon and phoenix you know right I'd, I'd say like you go in wrestle the kingdom if you're a wrestler you're like, oh and like you get to do your like perfect example is the finish of that match um, mm. it was going wrong, and uh, yeah, B- Bennett. If you go back and watch, Bennett does an incredible job of grabbing the back of Darius's head, 
to mm. pull himself up and make sure he's in position at the exact right time to eat the move that Dante, that Darius, sorry, that Dante's doing off the ropes. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> like, like Darius was probably thinking, whoops, sorry. Hmm. That's yeah, like, it's like that the two pros, aren't they? Like they're like I was gonna say JP. Like we'll start we wait while we're there, we'll start with zero hour, and that was the highlight of, of zero hour. But oh, I thought yeah. like yeah, like I think that's the thing about the kingdom. They probably I was watching it going, fuck, they went from potentially being in the main event with FTR, if you believe the rumors, to being here on the pre-show. But they are like that. That's why Matty loves them. They're a couple of they are solid hands. They maybe they would have been surplus to requirements, I think, in a, in a crowded AEW roster. But obviously, with the history of ROH, there's a place for them. And I think they showed it here. I think this was by far the pick of the uh, the Zero Hour litter. Oh, it was. And, I mean, this Zero Hour kind of moved at a real pace. And I think the timing, mm. especially that the fact that the England game didn't go into extra time, which meant that mm. everyone... <coughs> oh, yeah. Harry Kane did us all a favour there. He knew. Yeah. He knew we all wanted to uh, to get to uh, to the main card. I had I had split screens. Well, he showed up, as we'll talk about in a bit. We'll talk about Harry Kane's appearance uh, on a, a Ring of Honor final <laughs> battle. Like, because that, that happened... Like, and I tell you what, he looked, he looked steaming after missing that penalty on there. But I thought, like, go to go back to this match. Did you split screen it, JP? Did you have the game on and there's zero at the same time or you're not watching live? I, no, so I watched some of the zero hour live and then I ended up watching a lot of it, like the, the kind of the next day, the next morning, because mm. I was up ridiculously um, early. So ended up seeing pretty much most of it there, but I like enjoyed it just because it sort of moved. It was like an easy pace. It wasn't like anything overstayed its welcome. And top flight looked mm. kind of perfect for whatever yeah. this new ring Great of honor want, what they want to have. And you want to build them versus the Briscoes as being a big match because there'd be so much to get out of it as well once they get through the kind of feud with with two point oh. But Mike Bennett, mm. I would always want to give a kind of shout out because there was a point in time probably. It might have been like 2010, 2011 when he was in Ring of Honor, first of all, and he just sort of, like, he was someone there who had a look and everything else. I might be getting the dates wrong on it, but didn't really have anything there necessarily in Ring. And he's kind of really got himself to the point where he is, like, a really, like, that phrase, good, solid hand, he does it. I remember seeing some of the pure matches and during he's the... He's a um, really hard worker as well. It's incredibly like when you, when hard you work. think of when people say like, oh, they're real, just they're a professional or whatever. Like the tendency is to think like a Randy Orton who is mm. like a professional and safe. Yeah. And a, But like you'd never accuse him of busting his bollocks in the ring. Um, Just mm. really going the extra, just really pushing himself. Like I remember... Was it him or, or Seth Rollins did Cabana's podcast years ago, and they were talking about their WrestleMania finish, and um, which was like the curb stomp into the RKO, was an awesome finish, and they were saying how like Randy just wouldn't go for, it. he just didn't want to do it. He was like, no, nah, no, nah, that's too, that's too, it's it, it's it's, it's just too risky. It's like no, no, no. And Seth just kept at him, kept at him. He was like, trust me, it'll work, it'll work. And then Randy did it and it worked. And Randy was so excited. And like that reaction he gave in the ring, like you could tell he was so happy it came off well um, mm. that he forgot to go for the cover for like four minutes after. <laughs> yeah, he was, but, he like, Triple H booked it him, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, uh, in a, just out of pure excitement. But like he, he he's, yeah. he's conservative in the ring. 
Bennett mm-hmm. and Taven. They're not conservative. Like those guys mm. put themselves at risk. They work hard. They just, I think what they're a victim of is they focus so much on making their opponents look good that people don't mm. think people don't realize how good they are. Um, but they bust their ass to like at the, that spot before my phone went crazy behind me that I was, I was just saying was that like, if you're Darius and you have Bennett up, you're getting up for this power bomb and you realize you haven't got him up enough, you're probably like, oh shit, the spot's gonna go all messy and Dante's bouncing off the ropes here and I don't have him in the right position. And then all of a sudden, Bennett just gets himself in the right position by and you could see him straining to pull himself into the into the exact mm-hmm. right spot. And like Darius is probably after that thinking, whoa, okay, this is because I like I can't imagine like, you know, Pentagon Jr. just like having that extra bit of like i could just see the whole spot just kind of falling mm-hmm. down and just being a mess and then pentel pick him up and give him an overhand chop or something and it just all goes yeah the perfect example uh not to be ragging on all the lucha guys here but drillistico like two matches later oh my yeah. god like just we'll talk about that match but yeah so mm-hmm. props to the kingdom props to top flight um I, I I'd love to see a couple more matches with these guys. Um and but yeah. yeah, top flight if they do go against the Briscoes, Briscoes are so good against like young smaller mm. teams. Like remember like yeah. Briscoes against um Colin O'Reilly back in the day, Briscoes yeah. against even at one of I don't know if you guys were over for it, but there was a uh, it was one of the WXW tag leagues, and um, what was the one where Loki got injured um, halfway through? I guess he didn't want a job, and um, <laughs> doesn't um, work for me, brother. Yeah, Sorry, so on the third, me, brother. <laughs> on the third night, uh, instead of going against Loki and Homicide, the Briscoes wrestled um, just a non-tournament match against uh, a very young Francis Caspin and Jay Skillet. And it, they just made those two in in that match like it was. So yeah, Briscoes as just mean, tough bastards who aren't afraid to beat up some young guys is just it works really well as dynamic. Mm. So even if they are kind of beloved babyface champions now, they can just flick of a switch. They could just become evil monsters. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's it just feels. I mean, they mix so well with with anyone as well, like you say, just because they're so well-rounded at this point with everywhere they've been. But I mean, I think there was a theme on the zero hour of potentially setting up people for stuff in the title scene as well. That was the other thing I kind of got from it. The fact they mentioned about Jeff Cobb never getting his TV um, title rematch in there as well. And you think Cobb versus Joe, like if that's something you're going to be putting on or an honor club, that's a, that's a decent, match to put on there for like one of the next pay-per-views if you're going to start building towards that or like say trying to do it as a, as a deal to entice it it felt like willow nightingale was definitely mm-hmm. is definitely going to be someone thought of as like kind of having a proper feud with athena which is your overall hope i mean I'm, we're going to go into what are the failings with this deal and everything else but the fact there's going to be some sort of entity where we're going to have a sense of storyline and everything else that isn't yeah. just like cross-pollinated I, with AEW, they'll have that time to breathe just in and of itself is a blessing. That's what I liked about this pre-show. It was like that, you know, those names as you mentioned, like even like you know, 2.0, like uh, yeah. whatever, JAS, I guess they are now. Like those guys, like I, I saw an interview with them recently where they were talking about anarchy in the arena, and they were like, That was our first pay-per-view match in AEW. And I was like, 
that can't be right. And then I was like, it is. That is literally their only appearance on pay-per-view. And it's like, if they aren't going to be used that way in AEW, and, you know, for whatever reason in AEW, the number three tag team right now is, is Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett based on the, uh, the segments they've done around the tag titles. But, like, this is a nice place for them, isn't it? To have like like a little mini feud with a with a top flight, or to you know get a match with, with the Briscoes and stuff to get them to you know if they, if if on Dynamite they're just going to be you know standing behind Jericho cutting great promos for them to actually get like more substantive stuff. ROH might be a good place for that for them. Um, the, like they're utility the, guys the as well. They they use mm. them a lot for like publicity stuff. Like they're in all the um, mm. the DraftKings stuff. Have you seen the skit of them touring the mm. DraftKings office? It's brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I have. Oh, I saw them, them on him. To get it, I saw them on RJ City's thing. The only, th- the only thing that pulled me a little bit was when he was like, you know, Matt Menard. He's like, you know, you're from, he's from somewhere in Canada. It's like Toronto. It's like, what part of Toronto is that accent? <laughs> it's just like, oh, Montreal is. What part of Montreal is that accent? Like, oh, no, never, never mind. Move on. Move on. <laughs> he's, 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 uh, he's, he's a Montreal paisan. He's part of the, yeah. uh, the Dino, the Dino Bravo <laughs> community in, in Montreal. Hey. I guess so. There you go. Yeah, uh, you can see you could fool in, me and say it's from a there. hooky fags reference here right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he de- he's got the he definitely yeah, like do you know sells the uh, the boxes on the back of his car outside a bar somewhere, doesn't he? Hundred um, <laughs> percent. But uh, I suppose, but that's kind of like we'll move on quickly from zero. We'll probably keep the chat for the uh, I think the early matches uh, a little bit limited, but I think it is worth as Alan said before, mm. kind of telling the the story of the show as it went because it was an interesting one to to watch as a as it went through and yeah the, the first uh first match on the on the pay-per-view proper as, uh, as alan alluded to there russian drillistico against uh blake Christian and, uh, and ar fox again nice little spot for ar fox i think if you if you're gonna uh gonna have him knocking around on a on a large roster unfortunately can we talk about much more in this other than the uh the finish i mean ah oh, that poor that ref like from the moment he got in the way of it was ar fox's or it was blake christian's dive Christians, like yeah. you, you things were going wrong at that point and then like it is, it's it is a real pet peeve for me. It's like it, there was a clear kick out. It was a late kick out, but it was close enough. That, and I know it's easy to say now, but in the moment, surely you can be like, oh, like I've seen Todd Sinclair do it, think talking about like professional OH refs. No, 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 I got it wrong. You're like the the Dragon Gate Six Mans, you know, uh, back in the day, Alan, where he had no idea what the finish was, but he'd be like, he gets so close to the three that it could be either way, and he'd be like, no, 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 it wasn't a three, it wasn't a three. Like that's what this ref needed to do here instead. We went down the WWE route of calling it like it's a shoot, brother. He just turned around, rings the bell, and it gave us, you know, one, a bit of a flat end, and then two, an excuse for, for Roosh to go full Roosh for UJP, which I know uh, yeah. you know, that's some entertainment out of. And a boy always fucking on one. God love him as well. This is where it turns. This is where you start to <laughs> the cracks. He signed a contract. He's got a reason to kick off Roosh, and he, mm. he will do. And uh, Drillistico, mm. I'm sorry, I thought as well was fucking all over the place like absolutely dire mm. like one of the worst performances mm. i've seen by a major league wrestler on a pay-per-view in in so long like he was wow. so mm. so bad he just didn't seem to care he didn't seem like he, he even knew where he was it was like his mask was turned backwards the whole match because he was just plodding around and not knowing where anyone was having like zero spatial awareness of what was going on around him um it's like he just woke up and, and he was in this wrestling match he was like huh where am i what am i doing it's just mm. yeah just really bad um like that him and dragon it's funny because him and dragon lee 
particularly mm. Dragon Lee, were like the the kind of the good workers of the family. Um, like a couple of years ago, and mm. Rouge was like the head, the ball who was like, you know, he could have a good <laughs> brawl, but he, he wasn't like the worker that his two brothers were. Yeah. But now mm. it's like I'm really enjoying Rouge most of the time, and Dragon Lee. I don't know if you guys heard much about King of Indies, but uh, I I could have been kind of sour on Journalistico going into this based on King of Indies, and that might have informed my opinion on him being as bad as he was in this match. But Dragon Lee and uh, and Journalistico Benno were full on Dragon Soldier B at King of Indies. <laughs> it was oh no, it was so bad. They were just mm. so Dragon Lee has won the tournament three times now because. He won't job. <laughs> and it was sounds like Loki. <laughs> and he was and Jacob Fatu was supposed to get fun, but then Jacob Fatu, I guess, wouldn't job. There's all this like backstage politics. Like Jacob Fatu pulls out halfway through the the show, then the tournament uh, with an injury, and like they they get rid of one of the semifinals, and the final becomes a triple threat, and oh, it's just a nightmare. And Dralistico and, and Dragon Lee were just spamming moves not like not actually caring about entertaining a crowd or giving a crowd or listening to a crowd they were just spamming moves and popping themselves and and it was just dire stuff and um yeah and and Drillistico brought it into to this match and he's put on about like and he's been training he's been training with his brothers because he's put on about 40 pounds of solid muscle since i used to watch him back in the day um, a couple <laughs> of years ago um but uh yeah like i i definitely think the finish was a a, a botch and and a referee mistake because i i can't think of any reason why you would have particularly after just doing the preston vance turn and with rush being a kind of pushed commodity on tv why would they lose mm. to blake christian and AR fox it makes no sense exactly. and also rush's reaction after the match where it looked like he was like legit gonna <laughs> kill somebody because he needed yeah. to do that to get his heat back. Like this is a man who hates losing, who just lost accidentally. Um, like mm. he's gonna flip, and he he did. Like those two unprotected chair shots were poor Air Fox. Yeah, great. Yeah, oh poor Air Fox, who worked so hard in that match. He really did, and he was he was dealt a bad hand. Uh, but yeah, he's a good story, and AR AR Fox getting like this, getting yeah. this shot finally. It's it's nice. Yeah. It's it's one of them. You can, we can complain about like the size of the AW roster, but he was one when it happened. Though. I was like, yeah, but it, you know, I'm happy for Everyone him. You know, he, he deserves it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's been such a he's brought so many people through as a trainer, and still is. Mm. And he's it's kind of one of the more respected schools um, mm. going. Uh, so um, I've only ever heard good things about it. So. Mm. Yeah, I think it's 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 a good pipeline again for AW to have pipelines to like any new young because WWE they don't have like they have Booker T school right, but other yeah. than that they don't really have anything else. Whereas AW have all these different little pipelines to different schools around the country, and it's like if if a guy comes into the Monster Factor or, or sorry not Monster Factor yeah Create a Pro or AF, mm. Air Fox's school or and a guy is showing just crazy potential before like anyone really knows about him that can be on the aw radar because like the coach is employed there 
as opposed mm. to WWE who are going to wait for guys to become a star on the indies. Mm. By that point, they'll probably be taken by AEW or they're going to try and train some athletes out of out of college or out of sports mm. who we're not mm. exactly seeing a big hit rate on those. So. No, I think Regal's going to be uh, doing his best to uh, to clean up in uh, in that department. But yeah, you know, like that's yeah. the that's that's where AEW can get ahead of that, can't they? Before he's peeking his head they're behind the curtain. They're already ahead of it. Mm-hmm. They're already way ahead of it. So it's not going to be the mm-hmm. easy job that any of us on this call could have done that Regal was doing in 2016, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, ooh, some good wrestlers here. Let's yeah. find them all. <laughs> Hard scouting, isn't it? I mean, this is basically like the logic I would have used to like right when I was playing Champ Man in '97. It's like, well, where am I going to look for players? Sweden under 21. That's the first place I'm going to. They're cheap. They play 10 positions, and they they speak five languages. They're getting on with every lad there. Don't ask for too much money. Give me 11 of them, please. Like that's 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 how you do it. I mean, but just to raise the point, I thought Ar Fox was get got himself over with the live crowd. Like that was. That was the thing. He's I the reason playing. I gave this three stars, like that dive sequence he did yeah. in there as well. It's like it pulled the average on grapple right now is two point nine six, so I'm not exactly wildly above it, but uh, I was uh, I was hovering over two point seven five, and uh, like. Uh, but Triple A won't be happy because I'm pretty sure Drillisco and Dragon Lee were going to be winning the tag belts. Mm. Like that feels like something that they'll be doing for the January show. Like, mm. like at that point, you know, that appears to be part of the story, really. With, with. With FTIs, they'll end up losing Definitely. all of these belts. At, at, at this, this is the start, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, any star rating, JP, for this one? I, I went three stars as well, and that's primarily for the AR Fox dive. And I did enjoy Roosh losing his shit. And like I said, I knew, I knew yeah, he was trying to like, kind of save that, but trust me, he'll give it like a few extra licks in there as well, won't he, for good measure. It's coming. We're going to hear reported <laughs> bust up, him not turning up. We are six months. He's got the big money contract. He's got the deal, you know, he's got the deal with Man City. It's downing tools time. And he'll use this as a nice excuse for it. <laughs> I'll he'll, wait you, till he, he'll wait till he gets his dad a job first before he goes full cowboy there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Full family. <laughs> he is absolute <laughs> cowboy. I think it's the only way of describing him. Yeah. Uh, oh, star rating, I don't know. I didn't even re- consider a star rating for this. It's, uh, it Messy. wouldn't break the... It's messy. It's it's bang. Yeah. I'd, I'd put it right around uh, bang average, so like two and a half, something like that, I suppose. Fair enough. We're well, moving on I'm from really, there. I'm really bad at, at giving star ratings to anything underneath like four stars. Just they all kind of blend together. <laughs> it's a good lad of the sounds. Um, going on from there, yeah, Mercedes Martinez and uh, and Athena for the uh, the ROH uh, Women's Title. We're talking this on the uh, on the weekend show, JP. I know you were mm. kind of uh, hoping this was the the re- this was uh, gonna go part of this great reset, uh, getting behind uh, Athena um, uh, as women's champion. I-, I thought this was all right. I didn't. Uh, mm. I don't know. We're, we're, the 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 app itself, you know, as far as uh, a rating for this one is sitting a bit uh, a bit higher than I I am three point one six. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'll go about three. There was some some fun exchanges in there, but a few little weird botches as well. It was a bit awkward in spots. And I thought this was fine, but it was about maybe the destination rather than the uh, the match itself. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be in complete agreement with that. It was about the destination. Athena was over the the kind of character itself, which isn't exactly much of a change of just her being more of a shit kicker and being merciless mm. about it. And I thought I did watch the countdown show as well before this, which again. 
guess what? It was a really good countdown show because they produced really good ones. And I thought the sit-down interview with her when she was talking about Shimmer and Wrestling Machine, mm. he's Martin Martinez. That's the kind of stuff that you really want to be focusing on for a show like this as well. And ultimately, being in Dallas kind of helped. Was that her parents? They kept on cutting to, I assume it was. I don't think they publicly said it was, but there was like... I think it you was, know, yeah. I think it was, like... It was the kind of thing the crowd were really there, you know, they were in and it was a pretty hot crowd, really. For is but, having your uh, your parents in the crowd, Jay Lethal, uh like uh, is that like is that more of a giveaway that you're uh, you're winning or losing a match than FTR having the actual date on the trunks or not? Well, which right. is the uh, <laughs> which is the more obvious. <laughs> Maybe Boy Smith's sister was in the audience for one night only in like 1997. Was it in 97? <laughs> true, that true. It could go yeah, either way. In fucking tears as a result mm. of what what happened with him, but it was it was the right move. It's a use yeah. for Athena. It's yeah. taking her somewhere where if you, you have got this faith in her, that there can be a character built around her as well. You've already got a baby face in Willow Nightingale who looks like could, that she's going to be fitting into to Ring of Honor as well. So that feels like a natural direction for them to go. It's about them having the time to breathe in terms of a storyline and a feud, which isn't the thing that would have been happening if, you go, if, it, if it had been on Dynamite and on, yeah. um, and on Rampage. But yeah, I went three point two five. I was slightly higher on it than than the average. But any strong thoughts? Uh, I've always been lower than consensus on Mercedes Martinez. Um, never been a big fan, and now she's kind of um, past her prime. I think most people would agree, and people who've been watching her for a long time have seen say that. Um, so, but and I was never a huge fan when she was in her prime. So. Um, yeah, it's. I'm never gonna. I'm, there's always going to be quite a low ceiling on her matches for me. Um, I do like yeah. Athena. I think Athena's a, a good wrestler. Mm -hmm. Her stuff looks legit. She um, has fire. Uh, generally like her stuff. Uh, I think she'll be a very good champion if they can get some good challengers for her. I think Willow Nightingale is a very good start. I think it's a great opportunity for Willow because Willow um we've seen have to wrestle a lot of wrestlers who are beneath her level and she's still yeah. quite I, w I don't want to say raw but she still has a lot to learn herself so she's not going to improve by wrestling wrestlers worse than her she's going to improve by wrestling wrestlers better than her and we saw how good that could be when she wrestled jamie Hader, and they tore the house down they had an incredible match back in i think it was late september early october they just had a fantastic mm. match on mm. a rampage. I think it was. Uh, it was one of my favorite AEW women's matches of the year. And um, I think Athena, Athena is someone similar who is a, uh, a seasoned pro who's sure of herself in the ring. Because like that's the thing with a lot of the people Willow's wrestled. They're just not sure of themselves yet in, in the ring. You could tell that. And I think having someone with as much confidence and as relaxed as... Athena is will probably help us see the best in Willow. I've got, I've got pretty strong hopes for that uh, program if that's the direction they go first for, for the title. Um, I think it could be quite good. This match was it was fine. It was a good way of having Athena clearly and decisively win the title. You know, knock off a, a tough champion in in a hard hitting match. Um, not nothing wrong with it. Just didn't rock my world in any way. 
Yeah. Well, moving on to a match that did uh, rock my world, <laughs> and I didn't expect it. Shane Taylor promotions against Swerve and our glory. JP got the uh, the answer finally to the uh, the long-standing question: Who is JD Griffey? And the answer was a bloke on Twitter who's got uh, less followers than uh, than all of us on this uh, on this call. But hey, Wardlow was like that when he debuted for AW. We both got uh, all got to start somewhere. Um, I honestly thought JD Griffey was like just a long-standing member of Shane Taylor promotions. Didn't realize he's just been. Plonked in there with a uh, with Shane Taylor. Well, I but guess I he something. I about guess this. he's mm. he was like part of that crew in Texas because I cage matched him, right? And he wrestles very infrequently and has re- like he's been wrestling since 2013, 2014, but he hasn't had many matches. So like they talked about how he does MMA. So it's like he seems very much your uh, occasional weekend warrior kind of go out all local texas stuff like it's all like if you if you look through it's all in the same area and a lot of his earlier stuff in his career was was with or against keith lee and shane taylor they all came through that scene Mm. um you you got the uh the the nods to it in the story they told and i i did love um the i'll give jd griffey some credit here before i start burying him underneath the earth um there was the spot where keith lee caught him uh, on the outside and was about to powerbomb him on the floor and he's he's looking down at him he's like don't do this don't do this mom's gonna be pissed mom is gonna kill you yeah and and there's like you just imagine like younger keith lee like over at jd griffey's house after a show and his mom making them <laughs> dinner and and there you go boys after your hard night of wrestling and after uh, they're like they didn't get paid at all and just yeah you know being looked after by jd I... griffey's mom and uh so like that's the story they were telling and but like look they they yeah. they used a guy that obviously keith and and because keith lee brought the storyline and the idea of Shane Taylor, he brought that to the mix. Like Tony said that. So mm. I don't know then if he also said use this guy as well. He's part of our past. Or if Shane Taylor said should use this guy. Mm. But clearly he was brought along for the story and not necessarily for the wrestling quality because he stood out no. like a sore thumb to me here. Um, yeah. Just so like there's nothing worse than seeing a inexperienced pro wrestler badly tried to do shoot style wrestling those punches when when because in mma you're trained to strike a certain way and unless Mm. you just go full out and strike as you would in mma it's gonna look so dodgy um Mm. that's why mayweather worked so well with big show because he just punched him like you would punch anyone else because it was like a guy who was four times the size and he could and he broke Big Show's nose and that remains one of my favorite WWE angles ever at like No Way Out 2008 um, mm. but uh, yeah like this guy was he was he was not good like when he was doing stuff with Shane Strickland it just looked really <laughs> it just looked really embarrassing Um yeah, yeah. Not, he's not going to be confused with Kiyoshi Tamura anytime soon. Is all truly <laughs> I I kind of enjoyed the mayhem he brought because, like, I did look despite it was like he was clearly like several notches below everyone else in the match, but yeah. like I, I enjoyed the mayhem he brought. Like, I loved 
Keithley and Shane Taylor going back and forth. You know, I wanted more of that. Them two throwing each other around. I do get a kick out of the Swerve and, and Keith Lee story. It's a bit odd that we're, we're carrying on down that road, but it it does kind of work for me in a lot of ways. I love uh, uh, Strickland at the minute. He's my favorite kind of like sort of character actor in uh, in wrestling right now. And I don't know, JP. Like I I agree with everything Alan said about JC Griffey. Like and I'm guessing you weren't blown away when you finally saw him, but I don't know. It was like I think probably if I'm talking intellectually, yes, the match would have been better with insert any more competent wrestler in there. O'Shea but, Edwards, know, the who's wackiness. an absolute <laughs> unit, who was part of Shane Taylor mm. Promotions. Like, you can get, use him, mm. like, rather than, than it. I laughed, mate. Mm. I laughed when I saw the gloves and I saw his, like, MMA, I went, oh, Christ. I thought, <laughs> like, I'm fearing the worst. I had here. no idea. Anytime surprised you want... everyone, I guess it was. <laughs> but, like, and I shouldn't be, like, laughing occasionally during matches, necessarily. However, like, I thought the stuff, <laughs> when it was, like, Keith Lee and Shane Taylor was so much fun, like, at that point, I mean, mm. the stuff with Swerve again, even though for a storyline, mm. it just feels like why haven't we got to the breakup here at this point? This is like I kind of thought, oh, this will be where he turns on him and then he'll Shane Taylor will get the pin and whatnot. I mean, it would suggest bring Shane Taylor in. I mean, but mm. JD Griffey, well, like, I, I loved, I loved the way they did the replication of the angle from the pay per view, but with roles reversed. Yeah. But the difference yeah. was when Keith Lee was left alone, he was still able to win. Yeah. Whereas yeah. JD Griffey changed... shit enough that he can still beat him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so he he won after the same thing happening that happened at the pay per view, which caused Strickland to lose. And it's just mm. that's that extra thing that can cause Strickland to maybe snap a bit more and go full mm. full evil or whatever way they want to do it. I. I think a good way for it to go might be if they are planning on using Shane Taylor more to have Shane Taylor and Strickland come together. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that could be good. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want to make them a team. They're guys that can team up, but you, I, I think Strickland is more the star and he's his backup. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that would be yeah, having it would be a nice wrinkle to a potential singles feud between Strickland and Lee, which I I think, and again, like you said, Benno, Strickland's so on point with his character work at the moment that I honestly think there's enough there that you Mm. could stretch out that program to revolution. Um, Maybe do one singles TV match that has some Mm. kind of an angle finish uh, sometime in January or early Feb or something like that like they did with Punk and MJF last year. Um, mm. I think it was towards the end of January, they had a big match. And um, uh, then you come back a few weeks later and you do the actual blow-off on the pay-per-view. I think I think they could definitely mm. stretch this out. It's it's one of the more interesting storylines they've, they've ever had. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, that's it. It's one of them. It's like the the individual story beats, you know, Keith Lee being maybe daft enough to trust Swerve again. I didn't love in the moment, but you're right. I'm kind of lapping it up so much that I'm willing to kind of let it go on a little bit. I've got a bit more 
more patience with it. And like I say, it was that, and it was the stuff between the big lads that kind of uh, carried the match for me, which in turn carried poor JD Griffey. And yeah, I was glad to see him take the fall. But I, I am I am I on an island here going four on this? I looked at, like I think that might be that might be high. Maybe I should re- rethink to a three point seven five. I heard maybe Joe, was. Joe Lanza, was Joe Lanza it, put it in the notebook on his uh, on his uh, post show audio. So you're you're not alone, Ben. Audio, uh, gotta be honest. <laughs> that, uh, you're, 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 ROH TV stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 not alone. I was I am um, yeah, I I I wouldn't say I, I will also say in the interest of full transparency, my Japanese food arrived during the, this match and I was uh uh yeah, I was I was distracted by some um uh, tempura and some uh Ooh. uh Lime, what did I get? Lime chili beef uh, with jasmine rice was very, very nice. So uh, proper fancy yeah. living, mate. This star rating for that yeah. one, mate. Did you? Uh, oh, did you it was it was, it was a real good. I got I got Sunday lunch out of it as well. I got the leftovers on Sunday. Oh, good that was, lad. It was still good. So um, yeah, I, when you get that, you got to add on at least an extra quarter star. So I'd give it a four and a quarter. Nice. Ooh. Nice. What what gets into the four point seven five five range? Really, that's uh... oh oh. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna for winter is coming. Uh, it's it's become a joke with me and Sarah. I've uh, the last two years just uh, it happened. The, the the first year of winter is coming that they did. I I got a really nice fish and chips that evening. It was like amazing. It was fantastic. And then. Uh, I coming into the second winter is coming. I kept on annoyance air being like, oh, it's the anniversary of winter is coming. The anniversary of that great fish and chips. I'm gonna get the <laughs> I'm gonna get the fish and the chips real again. So it's like now like whenever I talk about winter is coming, it's always like in reference to uh the fish and chips. So <laughs> the fish and chips are happening again this Wednesday. Uh they're 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 coming in. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it live though, but uh it's um I'm getting the fish and chips anyway. God, you're making me <laughs> Winter is coming that. Wednesday. <laughs> well, fish and oh. chips is coming, I think, this Wednesday for me and all. I haven't had it in bloody <laughs> ages. Now, yeah? So yeah. Sort that out. Fancy man. Go local Chinese. It's one not far <laughs> from here. Freeze fucking freezing outside, but it's worth the walk. But do they do Chinese food as well, JP? That's where you're lacking, mate. That's where you well, need to be up here. Um, there's, there's a Chinese across <laughs> the road as well. It's a long road. Yeah. <laughs> You can do both. Did you have a star rating for that one, JP? I went three and a half because I did find myself enjoying it, but it was at the yeah. same time it had that bit of kind of mess around it. It my fear is is this going to end up going in a kind of it, I say fear, but it feels very similar to ultimately what they're going to do with this could end up like Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian in the sense yeah, that you've got maybe Shane Taylor in a Luchasaurus style role with Swerve kind of as is obviously not injured as like as the kind of guy who's pulling the strings on this and trying to wear down Keith Lee before he gets, gets to him and whatnot. And yeah. like I say, if you have the blow off at revolution, like you can do that and, and carry it through. I think there's enough there with the introduction as, of Shane Taylor. As Swerve's heater, I will take Shane Taylor over top dollar all day. So, you know, I think that might massively <laughs> agile. You'd argue that Keith Lee has more of a kind of like a, a, a better look really if we're thinking on like pure aesthetics but shane taylor always surprises me 
I love their team. I was a massive fan back in the day of the Pretty Boy Killers. Yeah. They were uh, they were great. Got fond memories of uh, of that stuff. So there we go. Um, well, going going from there into uh, into the next one. I think probably not much to say on this one. Six man titles. JP's favorite subject. Uh, Tottenham Castle and the boys beat the Embassy. How do you feel about Prince Nara in twenty twenty two, Alan? Because like I'm complete. It's like. I love classic Prince Nana. I, I, I love the idea of Prince Nana getting work. But to me, it feels a little bit like all those other embassy reunions. So like in ROH year, it was like, it's it's just never the same. I mean, you know, rest in peace, obviously, Jimmy Ray without him in the act, without the, I don't know, the novelty of it happening on like more indie-ish ROH shows in the mid-2000s. I think every, every union's never really, it's like, I say I like it, but do I really when I actually come down to watch it? I don't know. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, there and, had, there had been again? like, there had been about six versions of the embassy by 2009. Yeah. It was yeah. like, so if you've been, if Each you've been following, the, yeah, if you've been following the embassy long term, it's like you've seen, and it's the same, like Nana hasn't, like he is the exact same Prince Nana. There's no, there's been no growth in character, nothing. Like, the only thing still that's not seen same, coming to America too. He's still the only the thing that's one, the same you know I mean? is he 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 hasn't aged a day. He he looks mm. like the exact same Prince Nana he did in two thousand two two thousand three. Um, mm. Do you remember when he got knocked out by Loki? Benno? Oh, when was that? I don't remember. Like, that. I think it was like Road to the Title, maybe two thousand two. Right. When he was a wrestler, oh, and yeah. Uh, oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was but, thinking uh, of like there was an angle with Jen next or something. But okay, I get you now, yeah. So um, the embassy thing. Uh, I, I think I could have gotten that wrong, but anyway, um, mm. yeah. Uh, I, I, the thing I love about Prince Nana or hate is when you go onto Twitter after a show that he's been on, and your whole yes. timeline is taken over by him retweeting every single mention. <laughs> of his name or embassy about them like citizens <laughs> yeah. that has happened in the like you you can't escape you're it, he manages to like he's a retweet machine like he manages to retweet like yeah. a thousand tweets and it's in the space of like five minutes if you're trying to scroll through your timeline all you're seeing is stuff about prince nana and it's like oh he's happy with himself <laughs> how about that like like Six months later, like a reply to James, you know, something that happened to mention Embassy gets a little retweet from Nana. I'm like, well, I'm the footy doing on me timeline. What's going on? He could have been talking uh, about classic snooker, Jamesy, and just uh, you know, Nana decides to pick up on it or something like that. <laughs> Retro it. cigarettes. Uh... It, but yeah, it, the, it does feel like a job a stable. Maybe Brian Cage being in it is what is the thing that uh, mm. that maybe it's the thing I always say. I'll, you know, when people moan about too much ROH on AWTV, and they're not talking about Jericho, they're not talking about Garcia. And it's it's when these lads pop up. It's it just gives everyone that thing. Oh, okay, we're looking at it's a bit shindy in it. Yeah, and I, I I think they need a they need a crown jewel, I suppose. Uh, mm. Yeah. To, to round it stable if they are going to go with this embassy thing because Brian Cage ain't it as as the as the nope. kids say but um uh like Yum as he is. I I think Khan is someone who like I mean look at him and look at how he moves yeah. he's got so much potential but he's definitely missing some charisma um and then the what's the other guy's name uh, Toa uh Smoan guy I forget his name. Um, Toa Leona. Toa Leona, yeah. He's a... Uh, he could end up being something. He's not all the way there yet. Um, but 
yeah, there's potential with those two guys, but it could kind of go, it could go two ways, mm. with them, you know. So, uh, I th- and and Cage is Cage, like mm. we all know what Frank Cage is at this point. There's no surprises with him. Yeah, he's never going to be any better or worse than we expect. And um, mm. yeah, I've seen I'm, him once. Just, the thing is, it's I'm bored of him. Like, there's nothing. I'm mm. I'm never going to be excited to see Brian Cage's name on a match list or mm. on a, a TV rundown or whatever. So they just need someone new mm. in there. And I don't know, God bless Nana, but I, th- I do think the embassy thing is, has run its course. But mm. they put the titles on them, so they're going to get a, a bit of a run here anyway. Mm. And uh, poor old Dawson Castle and his broken back. And uh, the, the, the boys, <laughs> uh, those two lads, yeah. they're, they're, they're good. The Tate twins, mm. they, um, they're, yeah. they're very good wrestlers. They have a lot of potential. So, um, and they do have good personality and timing. Um, yeah, I, I, I like them. I think there's something. I think they could do something with them breaking away from Dalton Castle that could mm. be interesting and giving them a bit of a run as a tag team. And, you know, seeing how they do with a top flight or a kingdom or people like that. So, yeah, it's a way in for them, isn't it? More than anything. Um, yep. But yeah, I was shocked, JP, to see uh, the Castle and the boys not re- not retained. Seemed like an act Tony, uh, Tony likes. I mean, maybe at some point they're just going to merge these belts well, with the ROH trios belts, and maybe that'll be the end of it. But still, maybe probably if it doesn't deserve the analysis. If this was a territory, putting the titles on the embassy would be the thing of going, oh, we get them the reps in, and they're able to kind of work against different opponents, and it could be kind of fun. But they're not going to be touring or anything else, mm. so it. It becomes a case of you can put the titles on them, but how much are they really going to be growing? How much are they really going to be learning necessarily? Who are they going to be up against? In terms of the match itself, I think I went two and a half stars on it. Um, mm. I heard you mention it as well, and I couldn't think of like the shameless theft of Radio Gaga. It's as, fucking brilliant. Um, by <laughs> <I love it. laughs> Dalton Castle's theme music. I mean, it's pretty shameless. It really is. Like, I, I, it's a ballsy. Like, Feels like a melody of different Queen songs. There's a couple of uh, I want to a bit of it. I want to karaoke version. Well. Yeah. Karaoke Queen is 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 really what this is. And great. Dalton, like you know, there's many thoughts. I remember Rev Joe being at Supercar of Honor where he lost in less than sixty seconds to Roosh, shouting "Get in" and 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 whatnot. And as a main event act in Ring of Honor, it was he was terrible. Like you know, it just didn't. It was, it was, it was like past a gimmick the point that really. It passed the point. Yeah. There's the injuries, and he was kind of unlucky, really, not to be in the right place at the right time to get an obvious WWE call up. Where I imagine if he did get called up and was on an NXT, he'd be kind of there today. They'd be a non-problematic thing. Velveteen dream. He'd yeah. have that spot or Adam no Rose. Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or maybe yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, the NXT crowd love those types of gimmicks, didn't they? And yeah. the crowd here liked them, and you know they were mm. they were cheering him on and the rest of it i mean i think it's yeah, he's he's generally pretty over with a crowd yeah. of that size where you get more mm-hmm. kind of maybe somewhat more casual um mm-hmm. casual hardcore fans as i as i like to use that term and he's always someone mm-hmm. who's like oh yeah yeah he's he's fun and entertaining we'll cheer him um but what i want to know all i'm interested in with dalton castles i want to get to the bottom of this heat between him and taz this that's uh <laughs> the burials the Taz does on commentary for Dalton Castle. I am living for those. It's uh mm. I, I don't know if it's uh <laughs> it's just the gall of being a guy who does suplexes has rubbed Taz the wrong way or, or what, but uh um yeah, he's uh 
Taz gets salty when Dalton Castle's in the ring. They could be best we mates. Were... They could be best mates. You observe this. We were uh... jokers. Sorry. Yeah. You observe this. We were doing today the uh, the 2009 one. Had uh, there was a lot of there was a news story in there about how like apparently Ke- in 2009 TNA for whatever reason Kevin Nash had taken exception to Taz and was telling everybody backstage how bad the commentator it was. And we were going like, yeah. has Kevin Nash got the time? Or does he really care like about the commentary team? Like it, it transpired. We think he was trying to get his mate Mark Madden a job, but it was such yeah. a weird beef. Feels similar. She was on the other foot now. JP, terrible. Isn't it that he'd be he'd be trying? I mean, I, it seems a weird. I, I mean, he hasn't got monopoly on suplexes, has he? Uh, <laughs> Taz for this mm. can't really work. I mean, the whole thing's a work for crying out loud. And there is the idea as well. And they always mention Ian Riccoboni always mentions it about his legit wrestling like kind of background that Dalton Castle had. Um, I'm more bothered by the tights than anything else like i mean is it deliberate that it's up that high on his waist no that's a, that's a back brace he's got on i figured yeah. that was I, I thought that might be the case and but it, it draws and your eye to it it makes you, it it makes maybe it's just a me problem but it makes me think about it i'm like oof. he's almost like don't like watching him take bump he's probably did rick martell have one him, yeah maybe he, yeah because it not like matches have... gear yeah, he, he had all the tape as well on the top of his back for a while and his shoulders. The man was like the walking dead. He was he was just totally yeah. mummified for a while. It was like he felt terrible and he had like gotten kind of out of shape because he obviously probably couldn't train. And mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah, there was that period there where he just felt terrible for the guy. Like whatever you think about him as a wrestler, just like, oh no, he's broken himself and he's not going to get the big contract. So I'm kind of happy yeah. for him um, that he's, yeah, yeah. you know, um, getting mm. getting something still. Even there if it's go. just well, kind of, even if it's just Tony Khan's scraps every now and then. Like, you know, he is a guy who yeah. you can have on a roster because like we said, you put him in front of a crowd like this and he's always going to, he's always yeah. going to pop them. Mm-hmm. The entrance will get a pop. People will enjoy yeah. seeing him. Yeah. yeah, especially after this reboot of the ROH roster works. Simon says with those high waisted tights, it makes them look like Richie and Bottom. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> um, we're moving on from there to a match. Uh, yeah, Alan uh, touched on it earlier. JP, pure title as we get into the uh, the money matches on mm. this show. Uh, Willie Eater and uh, and Daniel Garcia. I I enjoyed this one. Like uh, I'll always I won't re. Revisit too much my uh, my old talking points of the the best pure title matches of despite the rules not because of, but in this case you know they did you know they did the whole thing with uh with Utah running out of uh, rope breaks relatively uh, early which is uh, a staple um of this uh, division I did think a couple of them were a bit harsh especially that one where he was in the ropes anyway and the ref just decided that was a that was a break need some uh, some clarification there or oh, don't because I fucking hate these rules but that aside I thought the I, I thought they, they built a, a a nice little match I think it was maybe missing. You know, last time, you know, we were raving about the Garcia promos going into it. And it felt like a big moment for him as a character. And he didn't really, you know, we had all the willy wonty stuff with Brian and, and all of that, which kind of just led to he won't. Um, and then not much kind of else has happened with uh, with him as a character since. It felt like there was a lot to push on there with him being the uh, the anti-ROH guy um, on that on that previous show. So it felt a bit like, you know, a, a rematch for, for rematch's sake, which is maybe the, the knock against it. But all in all, I, I really enjoyed it. I think the uh, couple of... Uh, um, Couple of great wrestlers, aren't they? They're going to go in there, give them fifteen minutes. They're going to they're going to have a great match, pure title uh, or not. Um, I thought this was a was a strong entry, if not as good as uh, the last one, as Alan alluded to. JP, 
Yeah. I thought this was um I thought again, like I like the idea that they sort of started out with the with the closed hand punches. So they both had gotten a warning from the referee at the kind of very beginning and you know, again told the like you said earlier on, told the story with the with the rope breaks. But I think for me the 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 kind of it, it wasn't necessarily that it wasn't like a, 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 a it wasn't like it wasn't good work. I was more the, the like the story going into this felt like it was the kind of well, it's one one and one, so we need a decider. So this is what we're going to do, and this is pretty much all the pure division has been ever mm. since. Like Wheelie Uta wins it off Josh Woods, then it's him and two Daniel division, eh? here. It's a two man division, so it gets to the point of like, well, why is this there? Who are they going to be bringing in? Like in terms of trying to get this to work, it could be like a useful tool for some of your more kind of developmental workers or certain types of workers in that they've got around dark and everything else. But how much necessary? It, it, it feels the best thing for Garcia to not be ROH pure champion because it feels like his future really isn't necessarily in Ring of Honor unless he's going to be, I don't know, challenging Claudio or something mm. like that. But it's so for Wheeler Utah, it feels like, oh, okay. But you know, what exactly is he going to be doing it with it? Are they going to, are they going to be having <laughs> he's going him... to be wrestling Trent Seven by the looks of things? Yeah, that was the other, <laughs> and that was it. He was in the crowd, I keenly look, but just effectively <laughs> just sort of like start going mm, as if he was that, studying the match. That's so, that's some late, <laughs> that's some lazy. It's like, oh, he's English, he's we'll put him for a technical wrestler title, not yeah. realizing, oh, yeah, he's a self trained backyarder who like has really <laughs> no technical skills whatsoever and relies on shtick and is well, past it. um, yeah, he's yeah, he's uh, he's good so at he's... uh, he's good at jumping onto coattails and hanging on for dear life. Yeah. That's what. That he's a lot to our backstage, isn't he? That's what it is. He's he's one of those guys. Who but, it's just like to, he's gallows. Tony, <laughs> Tony uh, was not exactly like Tony Khan, the most like overly positive person in the world. Was mm. don't get me wrong, he didn't say anything negative, but he was less positive than Tony would usually be when asked about Trent Seven um, in mm. the the media scrum. He he, he went to great lengths to specify that it was just a per appearance deal he's not under contract mm. <laughs> i was like okay yeah. <laughs> so i don't <laughs> I, i'll be honest i turned off rampage when he, he came he came out i was like nope don't need to watch this so um <laughs> he's just he's a complete turn off to i'm never gonna watch trend seven again because he's just a reminder of lots of yeah shite mark and, buffalo uh, they'll be smiling He's a uh, he's a long term uh, trend <laughs> See, see, Mark's Mark's smarter than the rest of us. He Mark Mark reads seven books a day, and he is a most intelligent man I know. So he was he used his intelligence to realize if I was reading seven books a day, I would have realized back in two thousand sixteen that trend seven was as bad as I now know him to be. But uh, yeah, for a while, for a while, I was definitely oh yeah, Trent Seven, he's great. Look at him. But uh, yeah, yeah that, that wore out its welcome pretty quick. He worked well as like Tyler's tag partner, and that it was one of those classic teams where Tyler does all the work, and Trent kind of tried to 
present that, give Tyler a little bit of personality. You know what I mean? Tyler just copied Trent's mannerisms for about two years until he eventually developed a kind of his own his own personality to an extent. That was his best use. Um, yeah, I can't say I'm desperate to uh, to see him. But did you have any any other thoughts on on the match itself? I know you kind of covered it early, really. Yeah, yeah I think I not, think not, I really not, said uh, everything. Not at the level of the previous. Yeah, I think I really said everything. I was going to bed. It was um, it was it was it was. I just want yeah, just be clear. I didn't think it was bad or average at all. It was a very good match, probably the best match on the show to this point. But I just had mm. such higher expectations for it that it left me a little bit flat. Think they'd be better off without the pure rules? Oh, you were a pure yeah, rules. Yeah, I, I generally don't have an issue with it, especially back in the day. I liked it a lot more than you, Benno, but. I mm. find it's it's had, and I'll give credit to Rover because I saw him say this on the other day, and it's how I feel about it. The way it's been used in recent years just makes things feel very dry. Um, yeah. So it's it's, it needs a re- yeah. you could do it with a revamp. Uh, it wouldn't be hard to come up with just some kind of MMA adjacent something that encourages more technical wrestling rules. Yeah, than like just think of think of what we ones. see at Ambition in WXW yeah, and. I mean, um, and the uh, I, I I know you guys aren't exactly watching a ton of uh, Glate. I haven't been watching much myself recently, but like mm. their um some of their uh, uh MMA style matches that they do are really exciting and like just because mm. you get these flash knockouts and stuff and matches can end mm. in like sixty seconds and and like that's mm. kind of what we get with ambition in, in WXW. So um uh mm. or like uh, Bloodsport, Bloodsport's the perfect. Yeah. Like yeah. blood sport is what the pure title should now be, you know. Um, mm, yeah. That's, or OH should be using the pure title to be, be their blood sport division, and mm. not the Josh Barnett blood sport either. Uh, not the <laughs> uh, not the the show off your jujitsu technique for twenty minutes uh, yeah. version of blood sport, <laughs> but more the uh, um, super beast is just gonna. Oh, yeah, when it's just about size now, mate. <laughs> you have to see what. That's what you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> Have hmm. the rules, but use the rules, but use them in an exciting way. Um, I think. And then, if you do a match like this every now and then, it's fine because it it's not always like this. So, hmm. yeah, I go three point five seven five on a JP. How about you? Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. I'd say yeah, feels about right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, from there, I'm, I assume we've got a match coming up next. We're uh, we're going to be uh, rating a bit uh, a bit higher the match that I was. Shocked was not the uh, the main event, FTR and the Briscoes. Um, I think, uh, yeah, Juve Robinson might have been wishing uh, it was the main event uh, when we get into the mm. uh, the 10 seconds we're going to spend on that match in uh, in a moment. But, yeah, FTR, Briscoes, glad we got you on, Alan. You are, you know, as much as I love the Briscoes, I think you love the, the Briscoes 10 times uh, even even more than that. You know, I saw you on, on Twitter talking about them, having, you know, seen them basically be... An equivalent of this good since what? Two, that was it. Two thousand three. You pinpointed when they kind of come of age. Uh, the yeah, lads. the first, uh, um, the first great match I think they had. Now, I'll defer to people like Naylor and stuff who who watched mm-hmm. them in CZW in two thousand one, two thousand two. I know they had a great singles match at best of the best that's raved yeah. about. But in terms yeah. of tags, I'm not aware of any truly great tags they had in those places. I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> options were limited with like uh, the experience levels and the crowds of like 2001 CZW like you're, yeah yeah it's and they were they were like young teenagers as well at that point so um but 2003 I think Mark's still a teenager Jay is probably mm-hmm. 
maybe no they're both i think still teenagers in 2003 for sure um mm. and yeah, uh, it's march um expect the unexpected i think was the show and um it is them against aj styles and amazing red the first match of that series at the murphy rec center it is an absolutely incredible match absolutely great and a genuine fantastic tag team match and it, that was the first one that i would categorize as that for the briscoes um mm. they would go on and like later in the year they wrestled joe and aj in a really yeah. really good match when they were feuding with samoa joe and mm. they they had a they had a couple more matches with aj and red as part of their series with them they mm. kind of delved into doing the scrambles a bit more um uh, over time and then uh then in mid 2004 they end up taking their their sabbatical for 18 couple months of second city saints matches in there as well before oh that yeah, yeah the second second city saints matches were really good and mm. the gen next eight man i know that's an the eight man. multi-mans yeah oh yeah but they were a big part of why they were great those uh yeah, yeah. Just throw them the, together. the one in the tenth is like an all-time classic but um mm. uh yeah so they take their 18 month break and then they come back and they're just like boys have turned to men and uh ridiculous one it's like they both put on like 50 pounds of muscle and got yeah, some got some I, boxing shots and it was like yeah, it out. <laughs> it just completed it just completed the look because i always there was always a thing about their look that kind of held me back from just being as super into them and it, i didn't yeah. even realize it was the look that was holding them back until i saw them come back with this look and i was like okay mm. well now like instantly i was like oh they're my favorite wrestlers in the world um yeah. and they were murdering dudes um yeah. not just in roh but in pwg as well they did a couple of shows and i remember their stuff from pwg going into like music videos at the time and it was like a mm. match they had with uh cape fear quicksilver and el generico um and a match they had with the uh i think it was a four-way they were in maybe with the early motor city machine guns and um right yeah they um but yeah essentially they um they they would just pop up in music videos and stuff and i'd get the rohdvs and it was just just outrageously good like oh, and then we saw them in liverpool unified benno and like that yeah, was one of the greatest matches i had ever seen live and mm-hmm. yeah it's just been it's just been and the, the thing with it is um um I'm hesitant to go too too much into these details because spoiler they will be a 34 l30 episode uh, um, <laughs> a couple of months down the line for sure uh but like they um cracking series uh, they they just uh they're so um you can use them in so many different ways like whether it's to beat up some young team and just put a beating on them whether to have them in an a arena-wide brawl like they had with like age of the fall having them in like a, a sort of state-of-the-art as they say in roh comedy state-of-the-art tag team match against aries and strong or against the machine guns like they they, they can do it all they've been doing it all for 20 years they've had their forays into singles but they always kept coming back to the tags like they had a bunch of matches against the young bucks that i think kind of maybe at least i could be wrong on this because I wasn't as hip to ROH in the kind of 2014, 2017 era. Like I watched all the mm. kind of big shows and stuff, but I wasn't as hooked into it as maybe mm. some 
other people were and like when yeah. that was the era when they were having a lot of big matches with the young bucks and to me it feels like those matches have been maybe are getting a bit lost to history but that could just be mm-hmm. because my sort of circle don't really talk much about them but um those I saw were, one yeah. live in liverpool and it was great like it, it, it was one of the maybe went to the well too many times really because they were just literally just the two tag teams in roh weren't they like yeah. you know the underlined but yeah, it was always quality whenever they were in there. Yeah, I saw them they at had... your call as part of the Ring of Honor mm. TV tape. Oh, there you go, yeah. yeah they the had at trip, least yeah. w- at least one, maybe two at Hammerstein that were just mm. outrageously good. So, um, yeah, it's mm. tw- 20 years of, of insane doing this stuff. And FTR have had a pretty decent year, uh, I think, as well, we have to say. And uh, as annoying as one half of the team can be yeah. every time... <laughs> They, he opens his mouth or just just offers an opinion or it states his feelings on anything um, as annoying as he can be and as transparent as he can be with certain things um, yeah. they are a hell of a good tag team and um, yeah it's they've, they've proven themselves this year with a lot of great matches and I think this has been a year where you know they they seem to for a couple of years there, they were not really performing at the level of their hype, both hype that was there for them, but also how they hyped themselves up. And um, yeah, this agree. year, this year was when they proved they put their money where their mouth is, I would say. And this match was, you know, you want to talk about a blow off of a series, you're not going to find any more definitive and, and spectacular than, than oh. this. It's just it was a beautiful watch. It was just violent in all the right ways. It was it felt there were fresh ideas there. Like I'll be honest, like I was, you know, JP, I was not as high as most on that second match. And I kind of as time went on, I think I got lower on it. I almost felt like I was bullied into saying it was one of the great matches of the year when I really didn't think it was. And it left me almost not knowing that it's these two teams. So I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll pull something out, but not necessarily as excited for this third match as I would be. I think I saw Trevor Dane make this point and it sums it up perfectly. After the second match, I was kind of like, eh, I'm not sure if I want to see this again. And after the third match, like, which should be the definitive end. And, and you know, for all logic, it should be. I came mm. out of it going, oh, I kind of like to see them do this again. You know, maybe in a couple of years, you know, maybe, maybe we'll wait. But like the chemistry these two have got, yeah. you know, it was shining here. It was, like I say, violence in all the right ways. I loved, I loved, you know, the the sheer amount of blood that we got on this one, the great comparison oh, piece whatever the fuck was going on on XD deadline. Um, yeah. Where it, was, uh, it was a referee coughing up blood, and here we've got a, a referee. It's uh, a wrestler, mate, Mike Posey. I didn't like that. That was too much. I thought the commentary should have left that. I think that wasn't the moment to acknowledge you as a wrestler. I think, you know, let, let us just, you know, don't remind me. I know, but don't remind me in the moment. Let me just think a referee is, uh, is busted open. My, mine are negative, though. Like a million memorable spots, you know, uh, Mark into the the chairs on the uh, on the, on the outside. That's frightening. All the stuff that he did on the stage. Yeah. The, uh, even even the ones that kind of almost went wrong with uh, with Dax with his trying to wrap the uh, the the chain around his head. It took him a few goes to get there, but Shit. you know, I just, whatever. Not everything has to be perfect. And a match, it was full of you know memorable spots, great escalating violence, a crowd that was with it right the way through. It was it was near perfect. I thought as far as uh, as far as tag team wrestling goes, it is. I've kind of I've kind of 
gone between 4.25 and four and a half on this. I think I'm more oh, okay. kind of going towards like kind of four and a half um, mm. is, is really where I am with it. Because I just think there was a point in time where perhaps, I think it was a point I looked at Jay Briscoe's face and I went, that's kind of disgusting. Like, and when Mark's cut above yeah. the eye, like kind of was like, oh my God, that really like sort of took me out. But mm. it was, it was brilliant and they managed to have enough kind of there was a point in time I thought is there going to be much in the way of wrestling because there's a lot of mm. kind of like brawling and the standard using of the chain but it 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 did kind of get itself back together by the end I think mm. like you mentioned like it was kind of like beautiful in that sense because of the because of the chemistry because there's also a lot that could go wrong as well and they you know it's I'm convinced that this is FTR kind of, this is one of the steps along the way of them kind of signing out and, and getting ready to go over to WWE. That's been always the talk in terms of the, the contracts being up and the rest of it. I expect them to lose the belts in the dome. I'm mm. assuming it's going to be to Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, which just seems kind of wrong in some ways. They'll lose the AAA tag belts. Maybe it'll be part of some angle where they're trying to like get themselves back on top through winning in, in AEW, trying not, not to focus on being everywhere else. But you can't argue about the match quality. Like mm. for me, then this year, I was thinking, how many great FTR matches have I seen this year? Because, I mean, you know, yeah. we spoke about it last week, the, the match on Dynamite. Or is it this yeah. week we would be talking yeah, about? Yeah, this week's Dynamite. It was a this good week's match, yeah. Just cracking mm. match. Like, mm. I thought, like, you know, and this is what they end up delivering. And, you know, the crowd being nicely split down the middle, I thought, added to it as well. I mean, like, it's it's cracking. I don't know if this one will be in my top 10, because I mm. imagine the first one will be the one that ends up going in there. But as far as wrestling trilogy goes, like, mm. you know, we've been pretty sport, even with any misgivings on the second one. But... Like and this is this is the one that had shockingly no build towards mm. this. Like, hey, it had it had that like ninety seconds Briscoe promo on Twitter. It was all the build did. I needed. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, that got me going. Yeah, <laughs> so good that, at that. Up. I saw someone say Jay Briscoe with the most intimidating use of the word "however" in the history of spoken word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just in the middle of talking. He just goes, "However, how." Ever, it's like, oh, <laughs> oh Jesus, <laughs> you're you're left shaking, and uh, yeah, <sighs> oh, they're 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 bristles, and and Jay's hair, I mean, oh my God, oh, yeah. Has, yeah, what that man's hair is just, it is the hair of a madman lunatic. Who, it, can't, like, yeah. it can't work well if you're like doing the chicken stuff as well, like those kind of dreads. <laughs> they get like tied up in all. Sorts. I don't know. They look they look pretty firm, like. They're they're good solid thick uh, like it's like he dyed them blonde or maybe they've just turned light from getting old or something I don't know mm. they're Mark's yeah. proper grey which makes me feel kind of old but that beard is oh like, he's got se- he's got seven he's got seven kids JP you're only on three so uh, yeah that's true uh, give, like, give it a few fair. more. Yeah, yeah, that's it'll be. I'll be like that sooner or later if I ever grow this bastard out because it goes pretty grey actually. <laughs> um, yeah, like oh, they. Oh, did did you guys have like a favorite spot? Because like, it, like it's a match with, like it was a great brawl. It had a great story, hmm. but it was ultimately like kind of, like I watched. I, I watched um a different chain match earlier in the day because I saw people talking about it and I was it was amazing. It was a a chain match from nineteen ninety four All Japan Women um 
uh, Bona Kano against uh, Shinobu Kandori, and it, it really prepped me for as violent as this got. Like I was at no point watching this was I like uncomfortable because I had watched something every bit if not more violent earlier in the afternoon uh, but mm. that match wasn't really it just like that match felt like this out of control fight so the briscoes ftr as much as it was a crazy brawl it did like there were lots of things where you knew okay well that's a spot that's been planned and it's like a it's a spot designed to get a big pop from the crowd that's uh, it's not as hidden, you know, that, mm. um, so, so like, and I, and that's just modern wrestling. Like that's, that's, yeah, that's, not, say, yeah. that's not a knock. And, and because mm. it was a match that has that kind of has that to it, was there one of those spots that they built to that was like the one that made you jump out of your seat the most? Cause I know for me, it was that one where, uh, um, cash drags mark off the yeah. top rope with the chain onto the chairs that was and i think it's the fact sick. that we, the fact that we had the table there is like a red herring because you assume that's where the spot was headed and like i at first i was like did he overshoot what because if because that did feel, you know, you're right in what you say you know that is a trope of modern wrestling we're building to to pop some big spots and you know you can you can kind of see it I lost myself in that one because at first I did part of me thought, was that even planned? Was he not supposed to go through the tables? And then when you watch the replay, it's quite clear that's where he was headed to. But that pulled a full visceral like reaction out of me, like a concern <laughs> for him. Like that was like that was how I like how strong left. That that'd absolutely be the one for me. Oh, hello. Sorry. Did you have a favorite spot, JP? <laughs> a favorite spot. I just thought the Mark uh, Mark Briscoe's going through the chair. Like, I just thought that was fucking horrible because I thought he was going through the table, and I just went, "Oh Christ, no!" He's just gone straight onto the chairs in that during it. I mean, but as you mentioned, there's loads of like kind of fun fun spots necessarily through it, and just the right length of chain on the collars as well. Yeah, an important thing because it meant they could do like whipping into the ropes and stuff like that. There were those moments like, you know, when Mark Briscoe being pulled back in the corner. But those then we get spots, to the... Yeah, where it was yeah. enough to stop that. Or even on the finish, you know, where, yeah. where um, Cash is trying to get, get there. And he yeah. Just can't, and he can't reach. Like, that was a good him. visual. Tap it out. I mean, but there was the a few things the production team missed as well. Yeah, that was an issue through the night. It felt like... It did feel like the production team had never seen a wrestling that's, show before. That's been an issue since, I guess, didn't the one guy retire? Um, yeah, Kevin Sullivan. Oh no, Keith Mitchell. Sorry, I get that. Yeah, Keith, uh, yeah. Keith, I think Keith multiple Mitchell Keith Mitchells, retired, multiple Keith Evans. Because I was, I was, I was getting ready a couple of weeks back when I was giving out about the production. I was getting ready to like bury Keith Mitchell, and then someone like was like, "Yeah, it's been shocking bad since Keith Mitchell retired." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keith Mitchell, can we get him back after me being about to bury him?" But uh, yeah, no, um. Like poor Dax on the mic after the match trying to cut that promo and someone's hit the music and it's so <laughs> up. Just cut the f no one no one was asking for the Briscoe's music what in was, that moment. What was the cringier what was the cringier Dax moment? Him trying to cut his promo or him trying to put oh. the chain around his bald sweat? Oh, just saying, head. yeah. <laughs> he really couldn't get his head around how he could the time do that, stood he? still. It was <laughs> like oh God. they went to it. it was... That was where production got it right. They went to a shot of the crowd because it was like we can't follow this embarrassing scene yeah. any longer. Yeah. We need to give Dax <laughs> a few seconds here. Together. And in the end, all he did was just sort of right. I'll just clump it up towards my forehead and just dive. Yeah. Right yeah. Which he could have done at the very beginning. Work. It was never gonna. 
Well, like, unless he wrapped it around on top of each other perfectly, so it was like a mask being put on. Yeah. But then, how would he? You don't know. He would have struggled to breathe. It would have been like <laughs> and, and, that's just oh, S and M stuff. Off, then at that point, diving off the top rope might have been an issue if you can't see as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. It was. Uh, I don't know. I think you'd need a, a nice. Maybe Jay Briscoe with the cornrows. You know that that, that yeah. would have worked well. He could have got them wrapped up between. They'd been firm. They'd have held it in place. <laughs> It, it needs mm. to be him doing that, not Dax. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, I, as I think, uh, you know, Carl mentioned there, you know, it was a well thought out match that was also chaotic. It was perfect yeah. in that way, wasn't it? Providing that, that chaos and badness right from the start, you know, hot start as well. We haven't really, really mentioned to this. They just kind of got, got right to it. And it was, it was, yeah. It was everything I want out of wrestling, really. Like I, I, I think I've, I've settled. I've given it four and a half on the app. I was leaning four seven five. Maybe that's high. I don't think I wouldn't quite go five, but I did see people going five mm. on it. You know, there's people who, who rated that high averaging four point seven three, mate. That's a high average, like in that's a high average. Like, over you know, three there, yeah. figures of people who have voted on it as well. So mm. that's mm. high. Mm. I know it's doing well on cage match as well. So. Yeah. Um, what would what you give it uh, for, for this one, Alan? Um, probably. And where would you rate it in three matches? Uh, I did love the first one. I yeah. think I. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one might have caught me off guard a bit, and that's what mm. had maybe it had something go. Over. And also, it was like a shining light in a sea of WrestleMania weekend kind of not so great stuff. So. Um, mm. I, I I'd have to watch this in the first. I know it definitely wasn't the second one. The second one was the weakest, like you said, yeah. Benno. So, um, mm. but it kind of depends. If you're in the mood for blood and just crazy spots, then I'd go with um, the this one. And if I was in the mood for more of a, just or a, a tag classic, for lack of a better word, then mm. I'd go with the first one. So. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd go about four and a half for this, maybe four and three quarters. I, I, I'd like to watch it again to be to be sure of that, to be honest. Definitely. Um, well, yeah, from that, we went into <laughs> Samoa Joe and Juice Robinson, which, you know, on the one hand, you know, was probably the right placement for it if you needed to come actually, down much. You know, the one thing I'll say about Samoa Joe and Juice Robinson, um, they had a wrestling match. Mm, yeah. That's, I can agree. One, yeah, one, uh, yeah, a couple of professional wrestlers got out there, another professional yeah, wrestler match. Yeah, well it there. was two two <laughs> two wrestlers had entrances, went to a ring, had a match, it ended, <laughs> and then yeah. there was another match that followed it. So, yeah, that's, I mean that, I, that's I, my I review for most of Juice Robinson's matches. Say, I think we could safely <laughs> say that it's not too hard of a take. No, I think I'm with that, JP. <laughs> the only hot take around this is what you've how you feel about Juice Robinson going back to trunks after having like sort of ages <laughs> in it. As soon as I saw that, I was like, and I think he signed there. I think that's the thing. I think he's in AEW Ring of Honor. Why Juice Robinson feels like a feels like a really smart man who sees wrestling differently, who tries to approach it differently, and not the not the given way everyone does. And like, rather than the result being like this twisted genius, the result is a three star match. Like, he just gets there in another way. Like, that's really, Sasha Robinson. He was really good for a while, and I was really into him yeah. for a while. And it's like, since I think the pandemic broke his heart, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he doesn't seem asked. Yeah. It's just, and like, I, the thing was with 
this signing with AW. I'm like, I don't care what position on the card you're on, who you have to follow. He, he needed for his overness and his career, he needed a statement performance against Mojo. He didn't need just to buy the numbers, put you over, and he needed it badly enough that it did not matter where he, like he had to he needed to make it happen one way or the other, whether they were following the Briscoes match or whether they were following Masawa Kobashi. He needed to do something that got people into him on the show. And instead he just kind of did what he's been doing for the last yep. couple of years. So um it's it's disappointing. I don't know if it'll ever come back for him. Um uh so yeah, it's um as, uh, as Simon I'm says here in the, in, the, in the week in the week where Joe faced you yeah. uh, faced Darby Allen and that kill him. I know we probably will be able to keep you for the other dynamite review, Alan, but like when you when you got Joe peeling back the years on that Derby match on Dynamite, to go from that to this was just a bit like, yeah, and that, that was probably all whether it was here on the card or earlier, this was what what it was gonna be, really, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had I had I had such I'd say, I'd high hopes. I had such high hopes for Joe on the show because like all the marketing and everything and mm. all the posters was Joe from like about three, four months mm, ago yeah. when they first started doing Joe was all over and I was like, Oh, we're gonna get this big Joe match. He was still a face time, so I thought we might get Joe and Jericho as main event. Thought that'll be a really mm. big match or and it was just like like I literally can't think of a lesser thing they could have done with Samoa yeah. Joe on the show and both in terms of on paper and how it came off in execution. So yeah, disappointing. 100%. Two and a half stars, and it is the epitome of a professional wrestling match being wrestled by two <laughs> professional wrestlers. But go and watch the Darby Allen match instead if you want to see Joe with a bit more get up and go. Yeah, we'll go into that in a bit more detail uh, in a bit. But yeah, after that, we had the, the main events, Jericho and, uh, and Claudio, which, you know, I, I, again, I think everyone would agree the matches would probably be the other way around. I guess the reason is that Claudio's getting his, you know, he won the big one, lads. I mean, he'd already done that once, but he he won it properly in a in a main event this time. And I've got to say, they, they struggled to get my interest in the early stages of this match. Maybe it's... Uh, you know, a, a great a great finish in a match can uh, can turn uh, can turn anyone and add uh, any number of uh, stars to a match. But I did think it had a, a great, clever finish with the with Jericho uh, tapping to the uh, to the to the big swing. Um, although I think it was good work. I think it was a good match. It was you know nowhere near the level of uh, of the uh, the tag match on this show, but probably didn't necessarily need to be. It was just a nice way for, I think, Jericho to, you know, in light of the TV deal news we'll get into in a minute, um, one step away from this uh, yeah. ROH muck. He's not going on on the club, is he? Um, and two, yeah, basically resettles, which was the story of a lot of these title matches, back to Claudio, similar to, to the Briscoes, uh, you know, back to the original plan, I think, JP, which is uh, Claudio ROH champion. Yeah, and we're back in that, and I'm assuming Jericho ultimately was here to see how much he could help pop the buy rate a bit, get it into that 30,000 range. Mm. I, you know, mm. I, I like you, I kind of, I enjoyed this probably more than I thought I would do, like for, for what it was. I went three and a half on it in the end, sorry, 3.25 uh, on it in the end, but I was kind of expecting really not to to like this. And I thought it was it was perfectly fine. I have to always remember how old Chris Jericho is in these kind of matches as well. And the tapping out to the swing, I saw some people getting upset, but I was like, well, in theory, if you're in like 50, he's probably just, oh, fuck this. Tap. Just well, like, I'd, like... I'd, I'd tap at any age to that. Yeah. Two, two I... rotations, I'd be done. 
I can't <laughs> use VR, mate, without like feeling like I'm gonna just spew everywhere. So I'm just like, yeah, that that's that is me done. I thought the spot where he chased off the commentators with just oh. Priest Coleman just going, Rick a body, run, like, and they just literally legged in out on it. I thought that was actually quite well done. Although the Ian Rickabody stuff that then followed with him going, do you know what? I do like Ring of Honor. I'm doing this for my wife and my kids. And it's just like, oh, for God's sakes, man, just call the match. Like, but it is, <laughs> it is Jericho going, I'll come in here. I'll help with the buy rate. I get to be a champion and be a focal point on television and have a storyline that didn't help with the TV deal as a, as didn't help with the TV day at all. Yeah. (laughs) Like what did it achieve? Probably like he was the most, one of the more prolific ring of honor champions for having defenses. He didn't have fucking stopped. Mm. Did he? Like over this time period. (laughs) And they were mostly very good. Like the Ishii match was awesome. The Bandito Mm. match was awesome. Um, Mm. There's a couple that were like fine. And then there are, was, was there a really bad one, Benno? I feel like there was at least one really bad one. I can't put bad. my finger on it. Oh, what was there? No, I, I think I'm absolutely I'm more thinking back to the MGF feud when they brought in. Oh, uh, oh there Carrera. was uh, the ROH there guys. Was, the there one. was one really bad one, Which controversial one, one. one. Cabana. Yeah. Oh, that was all rough. Cabana, Cabana with his athletic socks. He was terrible. He was out of place for everything. It was all, and the weird thing about that match, I'm glad to hear you say it. No one was saying it. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, full match." Like, no, it wasn't. Were you watching? Like, like one spot went well. Like, I feel like I, I, can't, I, can't, can't, I can't cite anything, but I feel like I've seen people talk about that match being a disaster. But yeah, Cabana was. I'm glad they have that, at least. Yeah, that was like, and he, I get it. He was he was injured. I guess go for that, and there was no. He had no chance. He didn't look. He looked like he looked when he was like trying to look disheveled and like like he hadn't slept in a month when he was in the homicide feud back in the day. That's how he looked as a shoot in the in the Jericho match. And uh yeah, it was maybe like the worst performance and like the least professional performance I've ever seen from Cabana, a guy who's just mm-hmm. so rock solid, always delivers, so comfortable. He just really wasn't comfortable. It was probably the injury. It was probably the lack of prep. It was. Oh, have you not seen what he things. said? The reason was. Oh, what? Like, genuinely, the reason is he had the real. He, he wore the wrong pair of socks. Like he wore some. Like he he went. He didn't have his because he was called on short notice. He went to Walmart to buy some socks to wear under his boots and uh, and knee pads and by mistake bought compression socks and like apparently putting them on. Cause like a lack of circulation or something like that, and he got backstage to the doctor and <laughs> said that the doctor fuck? was like, "You literally could have died." Like that. I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but like, what a fucking situation! You get you you back on TV. Can you not borrow you the wrong socks? That could only happen to Cabana. Like, These lads crazy. share bodily fluid every night. They're getting in the ring together. I'm sure he can borrow yeah. someone's socks for a little bit and have to deal with a bit of manky sweat that might be in there. He could have gotten over oh. it. Well, he probably no one persist with. Why did he put on the second one then? Did the first one go? This is ridiculous. I can't. I can't wear this. I'll, tr- I'll put the second one on. Yeah, definitely doesn't work. With, with, with those kind of socks, it's probably like they they might feel a little tight or whatever when you just put them on, but you wouldn't think twice about it. But it's when you actually yeah. get out and start moving around and get hot, and your your legs expand. Yeah. That's when yeah. it becomes troublesome, and it probably like I can totally. <laughs> See how that could have happened, and imagine, imagine the, the shock of like a modern Chris Jericho match, especially with his, the condition he was in a few months back. 
imagine a modern Chris Jericho match where someone dies because of medical reasons and it isn't him. <laughs> <laughs> what a turn up for the books that would have been. Uh, don't think Simon's wrong here. I'm sure Cabana went for the cheapest option he could find. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to anything with Cabana, you know, yeah, <laughs> based yeah. on our studio. They were, he picked them out of a bargain bin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Wrestling Road Diaries, him and Brian went to a, a charity shop or something like that. They found a bit. Nice pair of uh, second-hand ones. Yeah. <laughs> Thrift stores. Um, but yeah, anyway, Cabana, yeah, that was the the first Brian match wasn't very good either. I, I had Jericho mm-hmm. talk about that this week where he was like, you know, it was good, but you know, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Like that's Jericho saying something was shit. Um, but yeah, this was this was above that standard. I wouldn't, I don't know, three and a half to three point seven five range. It wasn't spectacular. Like I say, the great finish is the most notable thing here, and yeah, the great reset, which is Claudio as ROH champion, um, presumably means yeah, he's going to be buried away in Honor Club and. Uh, I'm yep. not on the TV, um, but I guess we'll see. Maybe he'll do both. I think he'll end up doing both, and it'll just be part, possibly him and Utah tagging in AEW mm-hmm. to kind of get themselves around them not defending the titles or having it being a big kind of thing that is part of it where they become like, they start tagging within Blackpool Combat Club and eventually at mm-hmm. some point Wheeler Utah turns on them because it always feels like that's the direction that they're going in. But you mentioned mm-hmm. on a club and everything else to kind of lead into that. I mean, that's that's the thing that you have to show, which is generally, like, if you think about it, you know, you have one belting match on there, and you're yep. surrounded by sort of two, three other matches, all of which are good. And the biggest come down is, this is going to be on Honor Club in all of it, which the clue was it wasn't mentioned on the show whatsoever. No. I thought it was convinced it would be. And when it wasn't, and when we got past the FTR match, I thought, well, surely they'll do this. They want to clear away the ring. This is the time you put a big announcement. Nope. Nope. Not yeah. at all. So as soon as it came on, like, the media scrum where it was going to be, which was – I didn't actually listen to the Tony Khan bit because those earlier questions had fucking killed me off in those media horrendous. scrums. I don't want to see them or hear them anymore. They're, How do they're you waste feel about finally vanquishing Chris Jericho, Claudio Castagnoli? <sighs> How does it feel to be – Insert here, champion. The How lady had to, to tell us all her travel plans with her and her husband. Oh, about, oh that was the first question the after Tony's it. news. Like, yeah, I, I, I wrestle joy. Turn it off. No, yeah, <laughs> nothing that was to the, add yeah. to this conversation. T- Tony's I, like, I, Tony goes the long way around to say, basically, we haven't got a TV deal, and she's like, congratulations on all your success, Tony. They just told you about a big failing, and then she goes into a story about like a. a, a However, her husband got to the show. It's just unacceptable. It's people who just want to hear their own voice. They're not like people need to realize what who they're letting into these things and it's on what these people's goals are. They Mm -hmm. they just want to hear their own voice. They want to talk to the stars. They want to make the stars smile or laugh or um I hate say it like acknowledge their existence as opposed to actually having genuine curiosity about the question they're asking and asking something because they have a reason to ask it and they want an answer and they're curious of what that answer will be or they're Mm -hmm. curious about knowing that the person won't actually answer the question they want to see how they tackle it and there's Mm -hmm. a there's people who go to those press conferences, particularly on the bigger ones that are better about doing that. Mm-hmm. And you, you get, 
you get people in the room who are who are asking questions that they're interested in hearing the answer to and, and that helps but unfortunately here it was pretty much all it, no no one built like that was in attendance at no, this one no. uh, houseman was there and my favorite thing of the whole thing was houseman trying to do a gotcha on tony and just it was like <laughs> cm punk trying to do a gotcha on houseman and, and coming up short here houseman yeah. he was getting too big for his boots and he tried to do a gotcha on tony and he ended up just <laughs> being shot down and uh, that was that was funny <sighs> But it was like he, like he gave he, up after that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he he really yeah. should have. Well, that was his question about Gamana was after the TV stuff. So he, like, he was more interested in in trying to do a gotcha than he was actually asking something about the big news. So it was it was, and that's arrogance. The arrogance in it. Was that? Mm. That's the frustration, though, isn't it? Because that's what we yeah. like. We're we're all now talking about this story going ROH or on on the club. We can presume. TBS didn't want them. We can presume maybe Tony didn't go to other networks. Maybe he did. We can presume it's going to be taped with AEW. Maybe what day? When is there going to be a roster split? But we don't know any of it, do we? That's the thing, yeah. and that's the result of that. Because nobody there was there to get a story, like you say, Alan. It's like we've been in that position, JP. I've got to be honest. Like we've got, we've done, yeah. you know, with the WXW presses, and there's definitely times where it's like I've got some, you know, questions here, like to, to ask about like the the card or the use of certain wrestlers and that type of stuff. But then there comes a point when the the wheel and somebody else, and you literally to avoid the awkward silence coming up with something that you can ask yeah. them just to just to say something and maybe justify your media pass so like as much as i'll rail on these people i kind of get that feeling but when you're yeah, in front of tony khan and the biggest news story yeah, exactly happens, yeah there's no exactly excuse. yeah yeah it this this isn't um this isn't someone who you kind of don't know that you want to prevent there being an awkward silence. like er- yeah. If there's no chance of there being an awkward silence because it's Tony Khan. Even if no one asks yeah, a question, true. he's just going to talk for three hours anyway. So, um, mm. like, it's uh, there's so much, and there was so much confusion as well after it with yeah. people not necessarily understanding what Tony said because no one asked any follow up questions. Um, no. So, it was, it was a disaster. Like, the news itself was a disaster. How the mm-hmm. what could have been gotten from the news. And was left on the table was a disaster. The whole thing was just really amateur hour. Um, nobody looked good. Nobody looked good whatsoever. Um, uh, so hey, doctors yeah. would have done a better job. Like those yeah. WWE ones. Sometimes you're watching, you go like, hey, I know that journalist, but that person, there's no way that's their real question. But At least the questions are short. Yeah, true. <laughs> that fucking ramble on about a load of old bollocks and then just to like and uh, my question for you tony is how do you feel about x yeah it's like that yeah. is that we do get that you're probably like with the momentum of a runaway freight train why are you so popular just to quote someone <laughs> in the chat there that's that's the kind of stuff that's there and it just wastes time it's the samoa really joe stuff where they're oh. playing into like that's just did somebody so say his highness as well, or highness something? Multiple people, multiple people. He, he, he said, JP, he comes out and he's in full character, full Joe promo mode. He's like, I will only address questions if you refer to me as his excellency, oh, yeah. your highness, or the king of television. And um, and then the first person goes, oh, 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 his excellency, I have a question. And then every other one of them did it. Yeah, right. It was so 
embarrassing. I fucking like, zoned I, out that first bit. Christ it, above, that makes it even did worse. You it was very WWE. It was, you know, that not the acknowledge me thing with Roman Reigns that caused a lot of it. Like the other day, they literally did that to a man. It was, it was awful. And it's like I say, it's like we again we've been in that position in WXW where a Joe will come out and want to do things in character, but yeah. they never stick to it. You ask them the right question, and you'll get a real answer. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like oh, mm. a, a thousand percent. If you mm. behave like a fucking adult and a professional, and you. Yeah. And and if they try to act like a cartoon character response, and you just stare them in the eye and give them the look of, you're kind of embarrassing yourself in this situation. Can you just answer my yeah. question? Ninety percent of the time, they will realize that you're you're not there to play around with their character stuff, and they'll actually engage your question. Unless unless you're trying to play gotcha with them and you piss them off. But if you ask them like a legitimate question, that's a good question. They will try to answer it, even if they're a massive sticker for kayfabe. They, yeah. they they might try to work it in around kayfabe a little bit or allude back to it. Um, mm. Like Athena was going in and out at times yeah. because yeah. there was times she kind of got, her character guard came down and then she pulled herself back into it. It's mm. like they're these are human beings, and if you act like a normal person they will probably behave like a normal person. Mm. But if you act like a sycophant and a fan, then they will behave like a pro wrestler and treat yeah. you as a mark. Um, yeah. So that's what you had a room full of. And that's what Joe, Joe was like, okay, well, I got a room full of fans in here. So I'm just going to yeah. cut in character promos. But if and Joe had... The one in the one interesting question Joe got was about, and it was it was still a fluff question. It was about you know the, the the ROH Hall of Fame, and it was like he turned it off for a second, and he was like, you know, Homicide was great backstage, CM Punk is an ROH, you know what I mean? It was like you got a little glimmer of that, and he was he was willing to go that direction if you you know showed yourself yeah. some self respect. Yeah, 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 and uh, and that was the thing. Tony was sat there loving it because it meant you know we didn't have a CM Punk situation. Nope. He got to get this this news out with no hard questions. And that was probably half the reason why he put the roster out there first as well. But he was sat there grinning yeah. because it turned into part of the show. Um, rather I'll than be honest, I'd be so, I'd be so if I was in Tony's position, I would be so cringing having mm. something that I'm touting as like a press event have mm. in character stuff happening out. Like when MJF and granted MJF cut a hell of a promo to start a press conference Jay after White? all. Jay White, like, oh god, I'd be cringing so much. Like, even if it was good character promo stuff, there's a time and a place for that, you know? Yeah. That's on the show, on the YouTube things. Mm. That's where you do that stuff. If you've got real people who are in a room with you and it's supposedly a press event, mm. just keep that stuff away. It's like I get the argument that some might make on the other side of the fence like oh well in Japan they do these press things and it's totally a work um, yeah. but it's a different setup over there. The press yeah. are basically the press cover it differently in Japan and have done for decades like mm. this is I know like the work that people like Wade and Dave Meltzer and and various others have done for decades in in the U.S. means there's a certain wall that shouldn't be there anymore, um, mm. and it's yeah, it's ridiculous when it's when it's when they try to put it up and it just 
it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for you watching at home. It's embarrassing for the people in the room. I, if mm-hmm. I was Tony, I would, I would be like, what my approach would be if if I insist on doing these things, I would be like, okay, um, you, you, and you. I would like you guys to be a part of this. If you don't feel comfortable breaking your character on something that's going to be on. Mm-hmm doing the rounds online and on YouTube, if you don't feel comfortable breaking your character or it goes against kind of what you think, you don't have to do it. That's no problem at all. If you're yes. happy to talk openly with these people, we'll have we'll have legitimate journalists in the room. If you're happy to talk openly with them, as you would if you were, say, on their podcast or whatever, um, mm-hmm. or as you would if you were speaking to the media, like actual, like a newspaper or something like that, then we'd love to have you be a part of it, but we don't want that in character stuff. And um, you can get your character stuff over in promos. And that's yes. the approach I'd take if I was Tony. And I think that mm. would solve a lot of the issues because when it's a gray area, when you're wrestlers and you see some wrestlers going out treating it one way, some wrestlers mm. going out treating it another way. The only one who came off really well was Claudio because he's such a pro. Like, and he comes yeah. off so likable. He's just so naturally likable. Um, and he was, and God bless him, getting into his suit and looking absolutely pristine about 20 minutes after he had had a main event with Chris Jericho, where he's in his that's gear, Claudio. all sweaty. Like, that's so Claudio. But then he completely ruins it, because on the way out, Yuda's coming in, and after being so professional, he goes, hey, you, you know why we call him Yuda? Because Yuda man. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Just, you're dad joke dad jokes. Like anyone, <laughs> anyone who's known Claudio for he can't he he can't resist. Uh, um, the I remember a classic one of uh, he he uh, used to go up to people and uh, say he goes, "Hey, you know I have to walk around everywhere with a permit." And they go, "Oh, what?" And then he'll do a big double bicep pose. And go to carry these guns. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus. But, <laughs> but yeah, Long to, bus to, rides, to, you'd be like, mate, don't. <laughs> oh, but, but to your main point, yeah, you know, if Jericho and Punk aren't above getting out there, you know, afterwards and, and talking in real terms, like no one else should be. Um, especially, you know, when, yeah, you know, if Jericho was there, I'm sure he wouldn't have been like, I'm the demo god and all of that bullshit. It would have, yeah, you know, but yeah, I think that's the thing. People will argue that, yeah, that maybe they should all be in KFAs, safer for Tony Khan, but then I'd argue, well, what's the point and who are these for? But if you're going to do them, you should do them properly. And the biggest thing, JP, is, you know, all that aside, like, What's our reaction to the actual news that did get broken? Like the <laughs> ROH on on Honor Club is it is pretty pathetic considering the amount of time and space mm. that has been spent trying to sell this. I bet there's reasons, which you know we didn't really uh, get reasons for why it's you know not landed anywhere else. But I said this on Twitter today, and I said it on the Daily Update. For me, what it ultimately means is in the important stakes, ROH can land somewhere below impact dare i say it maybe even mlw around yep. the japan strong era range because it's like you know forty thousand people are buying these roh pay-per-views and indications are it's going to be less than that for this one i don't see many more than that buying this this streaming service at which point yeah you know you've you've hidden it behind the paywall on a streaming service by the way alan which doesn't have you know it has four shows from 2004 roh zero shows from 2007 roh like we all assumed those gaps would be plugged before the they launched the fucking thing. I expected a big streaming service, an AW ROH yeah. combo thing, maybe with some PWG throwing in, but it's basically the old Honor Club with a, a new lick of paint and this weekly TV show that's going to live 
in isolation. Like it's gonna have they less. Just, they should just get in touch with you, Benno, YouTube, and you, you you can send them your heart external hard drive, and they can just like Somewhere upload that. And just upload them, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, just as is. I'll, no need. I'll I'll send that to Tony if you want it, mate, yeah. to try to yeah, you know, five hundred <laughs> no gigs need. of the greatest ROH action. <laughs> no need to cut anything out. Just put it as is. <laughs> Ah, he'll pay. I thought that though, I thought he might, pay, you know, even just re edits, like there might be some songs he can use. They could, it might be a fancy new dubbing technique they can do. That's just the exact same library that was on the old one that no one bought. I just, this is the, this is, the, this is doomed from the start, JP. I just, I've, yeah. I've seen people giving it a positive spin. It's a place for it to live until eventually they can wrap it up with a TV wow. next year. Maybe that's the plan, but. I mean, they are very minor positives you can come up, pull out of a, a giant L, like which is what this is. There, there is a point. I mean, and I've made sort of points to it as well about going. There's a they need to be, you know, being in a place where you allow storylines to breathe and you can actually take them away from AEW and give it kind of a different look and a different impression and different ways of presenting it. And Ring of Honor allows Tony to take risks, as like putting a show on in the middle of a Saturday afternoon, like which. Let's see how that works. That's an experiment that, you know, he wouldn't be able to take with AEW, but he's able to do with Ring of Honor to see, okay, what is the effect of this? Is this something that's going to might might work out? And that's it's kind of an interesting point. But the issue is, you know, there's so many places. they could, There are places they could have ended up, whether it be YouTube for free, which obviously then creates a, an issue with monetizing it. But at the same time, you've got kind of unlimited access in theory. Mm. You've got the idea of, He's paid, if we're thinking about the numbers he's paid for this, why hasn't he begun work on using the library, which is really the kind of real selling point of Ring of Honor is that the vast majority of major stars in the US have had to come through Ring of Honor at some point or another outside of ones who've gone sort of through the WWE performance system only. So, and they haven't appeared to have done anything with that. The idea of an AEW Ring of Honor combined streaming service with a PWG that at least you go, well, they're in controlling this, but you're kind of getting your value for money. So maybe, you know, you've got the AEW that's going to kind of flip it as well for people wanting to, to go on to that. That could have been interesting. Obviously, there wasn't the, the issue with TV and it'll probably be put in as part of some sort of bundle. And there wasn't any streaming services that were willing to bite on this because this isn't a property like that kind of has the connections in with Warner Brothers Discovery that Dynamite has where... I think effectively they're like minority shareholders in AEW to a certain extent. This doesn't serve the purpose of it's ten pound. A tent will be like, was it ten dollars a month purely for Ring of Honor? How infrequent is it going to frequent? Is going to be, you know, there's going to be. Think, sorry. A big question I'd have uh, in terms of the, the frequency you mentioned there, JP, this would have definitely been something I'd ask if I was in the room is what the plan is, if there even is one yet, because he was yeah. very much, he was very much, uh, oh, we've got a lot of stuff happening over the new year in Japan and all this. So it's like, I don't know if that was him kind of prefacing that they haven't really got a, a plan yet and a structure yet in terms of the tapings, because my big question would be, what kind of tapings are we getting here? Is it going to yeah, yeah. be like something where you go and you do like you do at dark where you go to universal or yeah. um and you tape like four or five weeks worth of tv over the course of a day because if that's what the tv is watching cr tired crowds react to match number 27 of a mammoth taping yeah. 
I'm not going to watch that TV. I'll be honest. I won't. If, if if the TV is individual shows taped or even maybe two at a time at a push um, in, in front of hot crowds in different markets, like do they plan on taping TV in different markets or is it going to be this? Is it going to be impact zone style where it's the same crowd every time? Like that's what I want to know because that's going to be what determines if I follow the TV or not. Yeah. Because the difference, the difference in those from my enjoyment as a viewer is astronomical. Like, regardless of talent, regardless of storylines, whatever else, if the presentation is is one of those things versus the other, it makes all the difference. Like if they if they find places to go that they can draw and, and do individual episodes of TV or one live, one tape or whatever way they want to do it. And I don't see that happening because to be honest, like with them making so little money now off by not having a TV deal, they're mm. not going to, they're not going to be looking to, unless Tony's just totally happy to have this as a huge loss leader. Um, mm. I don't see them forking out the money. I think they're going to be in cost-cutting mode with ROH next year. And um, that, to me, seems like... The best you can hope for, I think, is if they they stick with this idea of giving standalone Rampage tapings and it's just constantly twinned with Rampage on Fridays. But that's not going well, has it? So I don't... Probably not going to happen, you know. Rampage half the time does get taken with dynamite. At which point, like you say, Alan, this is then another hour on top of dark or dark elevation or yeah. whatever they do. Like that's the ideal, I'd say. But I, yeah, I don't. And also, I have issues with their post production. Um, mm, I think their post production yes, could use a lot of work. I think it's not, it's not up to the standard of of what we're generally used to. I think a lot mm. of the cuts are very glaring. Um. A lot of the, the the kind of voiceover, the post production voiceover stuff, it can really throw you off while you're watching it. And I I say that as someone who enjoys watching Rampage every Saturday morning with my cereal, it's good crack. I I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I do find the post production to be a little um, OTT at times. And uh, yeah, I think um, and God knows they probably need it with Jor out there. Uh, and probably less needed, less necessary with Ian Riccoboni as your commentator, but mm. uh, yeah, I think um, yeah, those are kind of the key questions for me. And and until we have more of an idea about all that stuff, I really mm. don't know if this is mm. going to be something that's for me or, or not. I am, I'm not solely just going to be like, well, I'm going to watch this no matter what because it's another Tony Khan product, and I. I like Tony Khan's style of wrestling that he's presenting. I like AEW. I watch all the AEW. Just because mm-hmm. it's under that umbrella isn't a reason I'm going to watch. If it's like it will very, it will very much be thrown into the pile with AEW Dark for me. If it's just That's mass ta- mass tapings with post production that just kills the vibe of kind of actually mm-hmm. like that I'm feeling feeling like I'm watching something fresh and new and as it's happening. And I think that's the idea fundamentally is it's being viewed as, and this is where the failure of the media scrum comes in. It's like, what format is this taking? Is this going to take the format of television wrestling, which I've long thought is part of the issue with the growth of wrestling and seeing Mm. how, you know, in order to make succeed is we don't think of it as producing it as a television program. 
if it's just an hour long taping where basically mm. it's dark, dark elevation with titles, mm. effectively, then kind of what's the point? Like the it really rampage. It, it, but it's it's having had it for this long and really still not knowing what to do with it. It was like the first thought was we're just going to ship it as a as a property. But it's like I I spent last week talking about the proof of concept. What is this going to be? How is it going to be different from AEW? Because otherwise, all you're producing is a lower rent version of AEW. It's the failure that WWE have had, where there are times where they could do stuff more differently with its products like NXT UK or Level Up, but they're never going to, because ultimately mm. they have a house style. And my fear is that Ring of Honor becomes a kind of jazzed up house style for AEW, or a place mm. where you put younger talents just for AEW there. And that's not, I don't think it's help them. Like, they kind of need reps in the ring really mm. not just another show to appear on where there may not be enough time if they went down the route of like countdown stuff but then we get into all this other stuff about how they're not using the footage properly well i'd you love know. use the you know the, the traditional roh but i'd love just i'd love just fight cards like ufc you know what i mean it's like every couple of weeks there's a big roh fight card it's not done in the regular weekly tv and i guess the at the end of the line tony khan must still have the idea that he's gonna sell this as proper tv at some point and that's probably a harder package to sell but there was rumor of that when aw started up that it might be something like that um where it was you know specials every couple of weeks that type of thing where it's not necessarily a pay-per-view but it's just yeah. it's a match card every couple of weeks like you say built up with with shoulder pro programming you know just trying something different but i, I my my feeling on this is that what's happened is he, he probably had offers but low very low level offers and it wasn't worth upsetting warner brothers or pursuing the possibility of offers like that you know for the sake of you know those bad offers if warner brothers didn't want it so the easy option is yeah uh, and, and, and it feels rushed as well because on a club doesn't feel ready throw it on on a club soft launch that just get going with that and We'll deal with it later. It doesn't feel particularly well planned. It doesn't feel like it was, you know, plan A, B, or C. Um, but it's going to be this until at least you know the next negotiating period. Um, I, th I think it was like we need help. to get we need to get it off AEW television. What's mm. the quickest and easiest way we can do it where we can monetize it to some degree? But how mm. much? Mm. Like. I mean, old and that's been quite a turn, by the way. I don't think he was talking that, like, agreeing with that. And I know a lot of people didn't agree with that. There was too much ROH and AEW. The fact that Tony Khan started saying that makes me wonder: Did Warner Brothers have a word and go, "Listen, mate, this other thing you own, can, can we get that off our show?" Like, yeah, this is our show. You know, we're giving you a... that was the other thing you get. We're giving you advertising space for this product. That I imagine he did go to like an, another network and give them it. They'd rightly be like, "Hang on, how many hours of our of our TV uh, channel have you used to, yep. to sell this to to one of our competitors?" It, it is probably a very nuanced situation, as Tony Khan said, but as we've all said, we're never going to know what the nuance was unless, you know, Melter does some digging or Tony does a follow-up interview or some real questions get asked at some other presser. It's, uh, it is. It was depressing there. State of affairs, um, but yeah, obviously, I mean, Alan, we've uh, we kept you very long. I mean, if, unless you've got anything more on that, or was there anything else you wanted to mention quickly before you go? I know we've uh, kept I, you long I, I, can, I, can, I can I can hang on a bit longer, Benno. I'm, I, oh. I don't feel sleep. I don't feel sleepy at all yet. But uh, let's say if I if I try to go if I try to go to bed, I just uh, I just be sitting there wired trying to sleep. So I can keep going for a bit more. But uh, okay. Uh, I don't have anything else on ROH though, so I, mm, I think I'm. Yeah. Unless I just, unless you get me burying the the media again, um, <laughs> uh, air air quotes. Uh, as far as the TV, yeah, it's a lot of on a. I think I'd sum it up. 
there's a lot of unanswered questions about a situation that doesn't look particularly good. And if mm -hmm. only we had some kind of opportunity for those unanswered <laughs> questions to be asked, wouldn't that be lovely? Fucking yes, I agree. Uh, well, while we're on the subjects, I mean, we can. I think we'll keep. We'll have to keep it brief. But like dynamite in in general, some positive in the Tony Converse. Um, there's some negative to talk about from dynamite this week as well. But I I've got to believe Alan, you were like you know in in contra contrast to the Joe match we just talked about. Got to believe you were loving uh Joe oh, and Darby from dynamite. Joe and Darby the main was... Event was great too. Joe and Darby was amazing. Um, hmm. I I be honest the main event tag i wasn't able to give full attention just because something that came up as i was watching it and i, I it distracted me a little bit um mm. but i i did really i i enjoyed what i saw um i it's not when i feel like going back and re-watching um just because we're back around to like another week of dynamite now in a day or two so it's like i'm yeah. probably not going to re-watch it but it seemed like a, a very good match and i think it's good that the acclaimed kind of got that win to kind of solidify them a bit more they're clearly going with them now as mm. as the, the the top tag team and it's you know um sink or swim and they're they're keeping heads above water uh for sure um mm. love joe and darby uh the the thing on this show though for me was i know you guys have have always kind of um uh been I don't want to say less than impressed, but the jury has been out on Ricky Starks. I'm I'm curious oh. how much did he pull you around on this? Was this the one that made you go, aha, I got Ricky Starks now? Or did you just see it as maybe uh, just, okay, he had a good night, but I still have questions about him? I've... Go ahead, Jamie. I've got questions on the wrestling a main event match on tv against an mjf and it feeling like that but that's what we're going to find out next week or this week i should mm -hmm. say for winter is coming in terms of the promo stuff and obviously it helped being in austin where, well in texas where he was going to get the hometown treatment and mjf was going to get booed and all of that stuff i thought you know was was great the way that they mm. did it. I mean, the Battle Royal was the Battle Royal. There's just too much Matt Hardy in it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Say that, um, it was. Um, but it was definitely one where you thought, okay, this is like, it felt like someone who was able to kind of compete on the, you know, just being able to come up with a comeback to like all of the names of like the Pebble and he came back with Maxi Pad, mm. which is childish. Don't get me wrong. But it kind of works in a wrestling context of being able to get a crowd to chart on that you know, be able to help with getting heel heat as well. And, you know, I am relatively, I, I, I kind of know the direction it'll end up going in, but it's, it's about whether or not, you know, are they going to be, you know, another crowd that we're going to see here where they're going to be all in behind Ricky Starks as that kind of, as that baby face figure. It was definitely a step in the right direction because it felt like on the stick, he's, that's the level he can be at. He got into a zone it. on it. That was the thing. Yeah. It was like it started, and I was like, because I think if you, if you kind of ranked us as uh, you know, leaving Matty out, like Gareth would be cold, JP would be warm, and 
I'll be maybe no JP be lukewarm and I'll maybe be just about warm when it comes mm. to Ricky. I'm probably that I'm on a muslot. But even then, like I was watching it going, ah, you know, the first couple of minutes of the promo, like he was finding this button with it. You know, I wasn't totally sold, but it felt like there was just a turning moment in the promo where just something when he, when he pointed at his when he pointed at his mom in the front row. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And he got into a zone and it was just like he probably at that point the content was great, don't get me wrong, but he could have been selling anything. It was the passion. Yeah. He yeah. felt like a star. Um, I don't love. Did you ever I, I, hear him? Oh, sorry, oh, go, go ahead, Benno. I was, I was gonna say. Thinking... I mean, it's a minor complaint. I'm, gonna, I'm not a not a huge fan of like. I don't know because he's. I think I think he's lost a bit of weight, hasn't he, with like the shoulder injury? Mm. So we looked a bit slight out there, and his in his tighty whities was the only negative I thought. But in every other way, he came across like a star, like he did. And yeah, I've got more hope. I think maybe maybe than the other guys do on in maybe reaching that potential. And I almost think like directly hitting the you know imposter rock stuff head on almost did him a favor in a way because yeah. it didn't sink him he came back with like he came back harder with mjf don't don't ignore it it is a bit of an elephant in the room it is something people who don't like him have used to kind of take side swipes at him on and often rightly i would say um hitting that head on and him being his own man and standing up and like i say that the impassioned part of the promo sold me on a match that you know we all know the results of next week sorry Alan. that's that's a great point benno it's not one i actually thought of because mm. my instinct after hearing god knows how many veteran wrestlers say oh you should never bury your opponent in a promo my instinct was kind of like ricky stark's kind of unproven challenger they probably shouldn't be highlighting this rock stuff mm. but what you say actually makes more sense and, and i now that i'm seeing it through that lens i think it was the way to go um, getting it out of the way and it, it, having him overcome it because he clearly does overcome it in the minutes that followed. And um, yeah, like I said, the, the point where he he is pointing his mom and talking about buying her a car, buying her a house, that's his responsibility. And the whole end of the promo and the whole everything he talks about in the promo leading up to the overriding theme of responsibility and how he wants it, he embraces it and MJF runs from it. And the closing line of, I'm going to do you the biggest favor anyone's ever done from you. I'm going to take the responsibility off your plate. That was as good of a promo closing line as I have heard in a long, long time. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and if you've ever heard him speak about his mom in, in an interview, um, I can see why that got him going. He lived in New Orleans with his mom and his sisters, I think, two sisters. And it was just the mom raising them. And Katrina happened. And she got them through Katrina. And she took them to Las Vegas, I believe. And uh, they, they, had to, they lost all their stuff. And she took them to Las Vegas. And she worked as a nurse. And... Um, kept things going and uh um just one of these people that just sounds like a, a, an absolute saint and um as strong as an ox and uh and yeah and kind of that's he he kind of gets that fire from that and it, it came through in the promo for sure and i think mgf credit to mgf he had all the right reactions at all the right moments and for a guy who generally doesn't let his character show much weakness he showed himself he allowed himself to appear rattled by a mm. few moments in that promo which i think was was key mm. 
Agreed. What do we think about him kicking him in the bollocks? At, at first, I was like, oh, I don't well, know. I knew where it was that. going. I, I, yeah, I knew, I'm glad I knew he overcame. Yeah. Gonna, I, I was like, it'd oh. be very WWE to end it there, wouldn't it? It'd be like, that's yeah, the end I, then. Yeah. I was like, there's no way he's getting the better of him the week before mm. the title match when you know he's losing the title match too. So I was like, okay, Ricky's definitely... And then MJF starts moving the title belt into the corner out of the way. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, I was like, I am just going to take a bump. So, uh, <laughs> And they, they, they built to it perfectly. The crowd just jumped out of their seats for that spear. Yeah. Ricky's got one hell of a spear. For a guy that is a little slight, um, it's kind of like Jimmy Jacobs back in the day. He really throws himself into that spear. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I I also have quite. I've yet to see him in a big main event match like we're gonna see on on Wednesday. So even mm. though I've always been a fan, I have that same question, JP. I'm curious mm. to see how he does. Um, I think it's going to be a real. Uh, there shouldn't be a chemistry issue because these guys have work together plenty on the indies they know each other extremely well mm. i don't think there's going to be a chemistry issue i think the crowd will be with it after this past week uh so yeah i i'm i'm excited i'm excited for my fish and chips i'm excited for winter <laughs> is coming i'm excited for this match i i think they've done it's the perfect mid-rain challenge uh program like while you know the big challenger coming down the line is someone else, it's, this has been as as good of a mini program as as you could ask for. It's the type of thing where if you told me like two months ago, Starks is going to challenge MJF, my reaction would be, "Well, you're going to have to put some fucking work in with Starks to get him there." And they yeah. put that work in, you know, they are. Yeah. Um, and the two, they're putting it with Ethan Page as well, for Lord knows what reason. But he seems to be getting all of it. They're just as projects right now, so it is yeah. what it is. But. I very much, uh, yeah, with Alan JP, very much uh, enjoyed that that uh, that segment, and I'm looking forward to the match on Wednesday. Um, other highlights from the show before we get to the big negative. Like I say, I've mentioned it a few times, so we don't need to go into detail. Just want to reiterate how much I love Darby Allen Joe. If I haven't said it four yeah. times already, I'd go like I was, I got like four point two five at least on it. I fucking loved it. It was, it was every the Tobey Con Hilo, the Tobey Con Hilo, where he eats oh my the God, pa- he goes yeah. past the mat. Oh, that was Jesus. evolved Derby back, wasn't it? That was the type yeah. of stuff you'd see him do back then. Um, you know, getting thrown into walls and pillars and stuff like that. It was horrendous. And yeah, Joe just felt motivated. Joe was like, okay. And it felt, it felt, I, I think maybe it's a lazy comparison to compare it to the Necro match, but there was like a part of Joe that came out liking the Necro match where it was like, I'm, I'm enjoying beating the shit out of this bloke. Fuck it. I'll go with it. And it just, it brought out that violent side of, uh, of Joe. A very different match, but, you know, more akin to, I'd say, other matches Joe had around that period. But it did. It was the best of Joe. Darby got to look you know, be the star. He was almost the star of the show in loss. Even yeah. the even the post match with the skateboard. You know, we're all winsome, but we're all thinking of Derby. The the negative is it, like I say, running into a weekend with the Juice Robinson match. It made me want to see more Joe Derby matches. It didn't even necessarily even Wardlow coming out afterwards. I was kind of like, eh, okay, cool, but I, I kind of want to see Derby get his come up, get yeah. his revenge now on Joe. Like that's how good it was. Just a great piece of business. Probably my, one of my favorite TV matches of the year. We forget this about Derby, Alan. Don't we? And we still do yeah, from time to time. He needs heating up. He does need heating things up. Made... And, he's, and he's someone he I, needs uh, to be heating up. I I feel like he's kind of he's kind of hit his level, and 
I mean that in a good way because I think it's a really high level, and I think they mm. created a star. I think he's a. I think he is a star on the roster. He's a homegrown star. I think you mm. could pull him out in any situation as a challenger for a feud, what whatever you want to do, and he's going to be over and he's going to deliver a good performance. As just. I don't know. I just think he works for what he is in this very similar way to Orange Cassidy. And mm. I just, I don't feel like there is another, like you can probably tell the chase for the world title story one time with him. Um, I don't ever see him being world champion. I don't think he needs to be TNT champion again, because I don't know if, there is any part of him as TNT if there's any part of that story that wasn't told the first time around like him beating Cody was him scaling that personal mountain and then having the good reign and then losing to Miro like they really like you could maybe say doing that again with crowds would be worthwhile um, and like the stuff with Sting always delivers so oh, I don't know it's I don't like if you wanted to if you were really short on someone for a pay-per-view and you needed to go with Darby, I think you could easily do it and mm. just have him come out on TV every week and build the feud and he'd do a good job. But um, I don't know. I think he's just he's just this utility. Like if I was a booker, he'd be him and Orange Cassidy. Like if I was Tony, him and Orange Cassidy would be like my two favorite chess pieces on the board because I can just break them out whenever I need them and it'll always work and yeah I, I yeah i just don't know if there's another level to go there i think he just reached right. his his level early i feel more confident maybe there is i mean part of me thinks maybe is a lot of that you know that's where he's been booked to and now it wouldn't feel fresh for him to go back to the tnt title now it's kind of he's been slotted in this level for so long and in this thing part of it for so long that that's just kind of where he is, I, I, I suppose the bit where I disagree is that it was in, in, inevitable. I mean, it's not like the Sting stuff was bad, like you say. I enjoy it overall. Um, I don't know. I, I just rather see him stand on his own two feet a bit more, JP. But you know, take what Alan's saying on board. I'm kind of a there's a way of telling this story where you can heat him up, and I think the idea mm. is is he would make a kind of good TV interim challenger, say post revolution, because mm. they've got history. They've had so kind great of like chemistry. what they've done with Starks. Yeah. Like okay. I think that's that is perfect for it. And then when he loses it, you can then go, well, actually, the thing I need to do is do this by myself. And he has that match with Sting where he's the person to beat Sting in AEW, and that then heats oh, yeah. him up. And I think that for me would be a way that of trying to tie history. these these kind of loose ends together where that's what he has to do in order to cut. But I would go be going to world title stuff. I agree with you guys. I wouldn't be going to TNT. It's not that's not really where he he kind of should be. And then it also shows that kind of willing to everybody else about, look, actually, you're going to get this chance before we like kind of, you put pay-per-view and it can make a difference between, you know, 30 to 50,000 buys potentially, depending on who you've got in those kind of main events at, at times. But I I think you, you can do this with him and he's young enough to do it as well. It's just that there's a point where you've got to kind of square the circle with Sting, which then really depends on how much more does he is he willing to, you know, keep on wrestling? We'll find yeah. out when he's opposite Great Mooter and thinks, do you know what? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. I'm ahead of this bloke, so maybe it's time to kind of call it quits. If Sting does have that singles match in him, like if Sting's going to do one singles match in yeah. AW, 
it better be with Darby. It, yeah, yeah. It, I know a Jeff Jarrett match would probably be easy and he'd be comfortable <laughs> with it, but mm-hmm. I think Darby is the one to do if it's at all possible. I think that would be a great story to tell. I think that could be a big match on a pay-per-view yeah. or it could be a big main event of a special-themed Dynamite. Um, so, yeah, I think... I'd love to see that. I'm just not sure if that's possible. But if it, if they think it is possible, they want to do it soon because mm. the longer you leave it, the, the yeah. you know, it's and and after Darby wins that, I'm I'm wondering like, do you think there's ever any scope to change his character? I don't want to say like a heel turn because mm. like. I think just have his character go in more of a direction that is, you know, where he's a bit more of a prick, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. do because I, I, you do that right if someone was getting stale. But the thing mm-hmm. is, I'm not sure Darby will ever get stale because he's so damn authentic. It's like mm-hmm. everyone you believes. Don't want to mess with that. Everyone mm-hmm. believes in what they see when they see Darby Allen. Like. It's yeah. you know he, he's as authentic as it comes because like listen to him in an interview he's a weird guy who has does weird things and has no regard for his body and he nope. talks about how he he did um Renee's podcast and she was like asking about like motivations and he was like I I wanna he's like start investing money. He's got like a load of money and he doesn't like buy anything fancy. He just kind of lives on a load of land in the middle of nowhere and just <laughs> does all this wreckage and stuff. But like he's not interested in kind of like buying designer clothes or having fast cars or or mm-hmm. or like he's not blowing all his money. So he was like talking about how he's like investing his money, you know? He's like looking into ways to to invest his money sensibly because his goal is to have enough money and he says like he has a number in mind that he wants to go off the grid he wants to just mm-hmm. disappear and no one ever see him or know where he is mm-hmm. um just completely disappear into the world that's his goal like and, and she was like oh wow oh that's so funny and he was like yeah maybe like in the next two years or something like that it's like oh mm-hmm. okay darby plans to just disappear at some point in the next two years and we'll never see him again so there's <laughs> there's always that element that's the risk of back is, mm. yeah it's like um it's kind of like yeah i don't know um but he's more like i, I mean the, yeah there's always the risk of that but if you ask me can i can i picture you know i can i could definitely see like a like a, again a wwe wants to turn him heel and slowing down his music and make it um, not who he is you know that's not the route you want to go no, could you shit. take yeah, could you turn it up? Could you give him maybe a, a harder edge? Could you do something that makes him, you know, maybe feel like a more serious player? I mean, I'd say I can picture it more than I can picture, like, like for example, you know, Ricky Starks gets a lot of like pelters or has on this show, like a Jungle Boy. It's like I can see potential, but can I mm. can I visualize that potential being realized one day? No, I can't picture what Jungle Boy main eventer looks like. I think I can maybe more reasonably picture it with Darby JP. I think I can do. I think the issue, like say, with turning him heel is his move set doesn't lend itself at all to that That's and true. The kind of yeah. wrestling style. It's the, those are the kind of like the, the kind of fundamental issues of it. Whereas, what if he wore a suit and we had him be corporate Darby Allen? Corporate Darby. <laughs> now that is interesting. 
I would say, and he, he refuses to take bumps to kind of tie it back into <laughs> like the modern day York promos. York Foundation style. You could call oh. him like uh, I don't know, Darben Salad or something like that. Just bring in somebody to to play Alexandra York. Then in that case, don't you know? Have a computer. Terry's still you, around. You could. You, you could will defeat. In. You will defeat Captain Sean Dean in six minutes fit less than six minutes fifty two seconds. Like, <laughs> I, I could go all, all on board with that. Well, I don't have as much of an issue with it. I'd say we pray we praise that match. I think we agree. You know, overall. At least for me and you, JP, love the claim than FTR. That's gonna. Mm. It's one of those matches gonna get lost to time. TV main event going yep. into a more famous match on the on the pay per view. Just great work from from both both sides. Uh, really enjoyed it. Bit a bit odd timing. Definitely felt like you know let's get this match in before FTR haven't got all the belts anymore. Felt like probably should have booked this a couple of months ago, Tony, rather than have an FTR lose on the way into the pay per view. But that aside, great work. Love the acclaimed. Echo what Alan said about how, you know what a great organic babyface act they've turned into being what relatable they are and how just how yeah reliable they are as far as uh, getting the crowds going can we bury something though lads ben, ben <laughs> oh, maybe just before before we do i assume it's the regal thing you're going in on yeah, you it? know me well <laughs> I, I i have i have no massive strong thoughts on that so i might bow out here at this yeah point. no worries um just before i do i just want to because we we're we we're planning on maybe touching on the hall of fame so i just mm. want to quickly say happy with the ballot um a bunch mm. of the guys i voted for did get in i think um the japanese ballot next year uh will be interesting because now so many guys haven't gotten in this year um mm. especially from the era of guys like ishii and shingo it'll be interesting to see if their uh, percentages rise up um, I have been a Sergeant Slaughter voter for a number of years now. He's someone I'm very passionate about needing to go in. He was on the, the cut line for this year. He needed to get above 50 uh, to stay in. He did, but he didn't make the 60 to actually get in the hall. And now he's moving to the historical bucket. So I'm going to be interested mm. to see how he does. I started voting in the historical bucket this year because when I saw like the Rockers and the Heart Foundation showing up in there, I was like, wow, I'm old. And B, uh, <laughs> A, I'm old. And B, I got to start uh, voting for this region now. So I did a lot of research on different guys in, in that region, um, documented a lot of it on, on my show. And I did the Voice of Wrestling show talking about the modern US region uh, with, with the guys there. Um, so like uh, there's a lot of audio out with me talking about the Hall of Fame. I think it was mm-hmm. it was very interesting this year. I, I really I I thought that the adding the tag teams was a nice wrinkle. Very mm-hmm. happy to see Holy Demon Army go in. Yeah. Uh from everything I've read and learned about Argentina Roca and Miguel Perez, it's were just crazy that they didn't get in. And it, I guess shows just how much depth there is to that historical ballot there's a lot of names on there and a lot of the votes get split um mm-hmm. and i think adding sergeant slaughter and someone else maybe orndorff for going into that ballot now next year that um mm-hmm. i think it's going to be really hard for people to to get through out of that um i think naito ibushi and um uh who was the other modern new japan mystico guy got in was there not another New Japan guy, or am I just thinking of oh. Holy Demon Army? Um, uh, I don't think there was. I'm just having a look on here as well. Yakota Ibushi. Oh, yeah, because Shima didn't get in, so he was the other yeah. one I kind of think of with those. Yeah, like Abushi, um, uh, to, to me, I, I, I wavered on him a bit this year, just with the, the last year that 
he's had being so weird but ultimately like i'm someone who's followed his whole career and he can even taking aside like levels of stardom and having the top title in, in new japan like he is among the most since 2006 among the most spectacular incredible wrestlers i've ever seen maybe like top five just in terms of just jaw-dropping ability um so and he's had so many incredible matches over the years with with a good bit of variety and it's it, it he's a guy that i think i i would have continued to vote for probably uh he did make my ballot this year after i did waiver on him and now he's in so i don't have to think about it again so no issues there naito like i'll all like i have so many so many naito matches that i've loved over the years where naito falls for me versus some of those other guys in that category like an ishii a shingo and abushi where they're so consistent is with, with naito he'll have the odd clanger and mm-hmm. in terms of like kind of your your non-important matches he really half-asses it but i i also get the point that that's those kind of things are kind of irrelevant to a hall of fame case the guy has multiple matches of the year type bouts under his belt and compared to all those other guys where i'm comparing him in terms of performance he quite definitively smokes all of them abushi shingo ishii shima he smokes those guys in terms of level of star um being in japan in 2016 when he was iwgp champion or when did when he won his first iwgp championship going to sumo hall and getting out of my hotel which was this is not like a wrestlemania week where it's all wrestling fans in this hotel all going in the same direction Mm. me and sarah were like the only people that were like in this hotel that were there as wrestling fans and we that that sunday morning we left that hotel and just all over the streets are lij jerseys and this is early lij getting the train and just surrounded by lij hats and t-shirts and then in the building that night it was just it was insane the level of overness of this guy and from everything you hear about people in japan the people who went to the dome when he won the title like john pollock Mm -hmm. at just a a larger scale what i experienced in 2016 in sumo hall seems to be what they experienced at a far larger scale in front of 30 40 000 people whatever it was back to back nights in the tokyo dome like this guy is a, a gigantic star and yeah in, in terms of modern wrestling in new japan a company which is going through its or which went through its best business period in its history bigger than the 90s and he was uh, at worst a top three star um if you want to put him behind tanahashi and uh okada for the, the bulk of that time like he's a he's he's really a no-brainer uh to to me so i no issue with him being in I think I think we get we get definitely get the rep, JP, don't we, as the anti Naito podcast. I don't know where that's kind of come from, other than just I think the thing with Naito is anytime I think I've ever talked about Naito, I will always say, I just generally speaking, he's not necessarily for me. You know, he's had great matches, don't get me wrong, unbelievable best of all time matches. A lot of the time, I think we get a bit bored mm. with him, you know, the uh, you know. 
I'm not even talking t-shirt Naito. I just think generally there's a bit of a staleness with me with Naito. I don't necessarily enjoy seeing him in the big spots. It's a taste thing more than anything. But I would say anytime, at least I've ever made that argument, I would always say, however, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people in Japan buying those t-shirts and buying that merch that do exist and you've got to acknowledge that and i think we mm-hmm. you know, even when we were negative on naito we're going into big wrestle kingdom weekends or big spots you've always got to acknowledge that from a business point of view and from a you know the native fan point yeah. of view or even when you went to like rev pro shows when it was full of lij yeah. merch there he was very much a not for us wrestler but it wasn't like we can't also recognize those qualities that as alan says makes him a makes him a hall of famer like if i still had the ballot i would have voted for him yeah, he wasn't just a wrestler, he was a star. That's mm. really what Night Naito really always came across. I mean, just to add to like, my my he, he was Chono, right, JP? Like yeah. if you think mm. of the nineties, like yep. um and he was a better he better matches than Chono as well. Chono had yeah. a couple of great ones, but Naito had a lot more great ones than Chono did. But he was arguably as big of a star. So And they would have felt that loss of Shinsuke Nakamura a hell of a lot more when night like when they left naito effectively becomes top guy and business improves like from a business metrics alone like it was substantial business in terms of what he was he was drawing and the kind of you know that that run towards the title and and everything else and being kind of a 1b in a promotion that's going through its its golden age in terms of Mm. a combination of being a box office draw and great matches and this you know and that new japan period you know 2012 to 2019 will always be kind of revered in in that way as a as a result and he's a massive part of it even the fact that at the beginning of it he's a bust like that's the incredible thing then goes away and then you get the reinvention of the character it's a great great story i think the thing is and let's be honest about it we find western naito fans deeply annoying like that's it yeah but then, i do too yeah I, <laughs> look at us budging uh, an inch jp not too both, not too many inches though <laughs> both, both, both things can be true because of there's a weird yeah. condescending infantilizing kind of fantasy version of japan and everything else that kind of goes along with it it kind of mm. it's it's that kind of weibo naito thing that you kind of hear like oh for fuck's sake shut up He's, a, he's an easy target, and we've taken that target is. multiple times. And he's, it, hey, you know, and we we have, and I think this is it's the point mm-hmm. where it's kind of passed. But him being in the Hall of Fame, I'm kind of fine with it. Even like Abushi as well. There's just probably to be honest with you, it's the idea of active competitors being in a Hall of Fame is something that just doesn't naturally sit well with me. Like yeah. I think the idea of I, I, the idea of there being retired where you can put the you can look at the whole kind of like that the entirety Nakamura, of their career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he he Nakamura is uh, to me the most egregious guy in the Hall of Fame. I, I uh, yeah, I I don't think he should have went in when he did because as, as well the thing with Nakamura is not only has he kind of been fluff in WWE, like I don't think he's been anywhere close to a Hall of Famer in WWE, but the majority of his time in New Japan he was a bust, like a bigger bust that you guys talked about Naito being a bust. Nakamura pre 2013 was a bigger boss than Naito for a longer period of time because they were trying with him since 2003. He had 10 years of it not taking, you know? Naito was really only pushed for about two and a half years and actually was really over as just a pure babyface and having some great matches. And then he did his ACL and then Mm -hmm. they 
pushed him and had him win the G1 when the crowd didn't really want him to win the G1. And they kind of booked him badly for a few months and, and it, it knocked him back quite a bit. And that's where he had to go and and find himself to the LIGA. So, but Nakamura was a far bigger offender for that. But anyway, that's a, a, a Barry and Nakamura is a side. I could do a whole podcast <laughs> on that. Um, but uh, yeah, I overall happy to Hall of Fame votes. Looking forward mm. to see what what are looking forward to go through it again next year. Um, uh, books right then, Alan. Obviously, the books are, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they're as, as solid as like Holy Demon yeah. Army were uh, for me yeah. uh, this year. I, the only thing I'd bring up as a point of interest with uh, um, the the books is I'd like to see the Briscoes get the ballot. I think they mm. form a good uh, mm. a good comparison um, in, in in many ways. Um, obviously, not mm. the business movers of the books, but I think there is they're very much the pure tag team of them. So I'd like to uh, I'd like mm. to examine that, but maybe another year. Um, you know, after after these matches and if they do pick up some momentum in the new ROH, maybe Dave will put them on the ballot. Who knows? But um, mm. uh, yeah, that was kind of what I wanted to say on the Hall of Fame. Go read some of the stuff that's been done on some of the people you might not know about would be my advice to people because there's a lot of hugely interesting stories with some of these characters. If you don't know about Sputnik Monroe's story, if you if you don't know about Johnny Rougeau, like there's some incredible... Oh, um. Mm. Uh, uh, Bobby Davis, the original wrestling manager, reading his story is just fascinating. It's really interesting. So I'd encourage people to check out those names and, and plenty of others as well. And lastly, and I swear I'll keep this within 90 seconds, you can hit the stopwatch. <laughs> Last week, Dragon Gate had a free show at Cork and Hall. They're really making an effort going into the new year to try and um, we've been seeing their guys being shipped off to the US and, and Mexico and, and um, there's going to be a lot more of that. We got Shun Skywalker in Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, Yamato's coming back in the new year. KZ's coming back. Most of the roster have work permits so we're going to be seeing a lot of them popping up in different places and they're making a big effort and they had as good of a show as they could have potentially had in the current climate in Japan uh, to uh, showcase to fans for free on Dragon Gate Network. Unfortunately, one of the down pitfalls of Dragon Gate Network is due to Gaora, uh, the TV company. The shows only stay up there for a week. Um, so you literally have to watch it before, I think tomorrow afternoon, if you want to watch it legally, but right. if you can find it through other methods, uh, uh, I'm sure it's out there. Mean, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, but the, the shows do go back on after a month. So you can kind of, you can go back and catch up, but it's, it's, it's awkward, but mm. it, it's a promotion worth investing in. I think in 2023, to me, it's the, to, I, I'm very much biased, but it's the Japanese wrestling promotion with the most going for it currently um even with all the the issues with with wrestling in japan right now they've done a great job keeping their head above water and actually making positive strides and bringing forward a new generation who are who are really awesome but this main event was was about cementing the new generation champion it was all about the 53-year-old phenom, one of the greatest wrestlers to ever, uh, I was going to say lace up a pair of boots, but pop on a pair of kick pads, Mizaki Mochizuki, just a 
a fucking god of pro wrestling to steal a phrase from uh, someone who stole <laughs> the phrase but this guy just a wrestling genius one of the uh, the performance he put on in this match against Yuki Oshioka was it was just glorious Dave Meltzer once said about a Mochizuki match in 2015 against Shingo Takagi that uh Mochizuki's performance was as a babyface was better than anything Shawn Michaels ever did as a babyface, um, which was heavy words coming from Dave, particularly <laughs> since he didn't have the uh, the level of investment that us Dragon Gate fans have with Mochi. Um, so, like, but this was as like if you want to take the Shawn Michaels comparison in that, in terms of subtlety and just cleverness in a wrestling match, this was as clever and well-executed a wrestling match as Bret Hart has ever had. It was outstanding. He was amazing in it. The guy is just phenomenal. And like the closing moments where he he's, he's limping away and Yuki Oshioka, the young champion, is standing tall in the ring, thanking Mochizuki for the match and, and saying he was a tough battle, but there was going to be no miracles tonight. He's the champion. And Mochizuki grabbing his son... Mochizuki Jr. around the scruff of the neck and pointing towards the ring and telling them, you go you beat that fucker and you become a champion here like I've been and and the, the fire in the eyes of Mochizuki Jr. who's only six months into his career and he's already awesome. Like this is yeah, this promotion's got a lot of good things going for it. Um, and Shingo came back, and it was a big surprise, and I lost my mind. And Shingo I was so said, happy to see you tweet about that. Like, yeah. was that a full surprise for you? Were you not spoiled? A oh, complete surprise, not spoiled at all. That's I totally, great. I, had I, been love busy, I had been busy all day, and yeah, I was totally caught off guard, but I did not see it coming. It was this old Dragon Gate music. I flipped my shit when he came out, and then he got in the mic and he said, uh, he said, oh, I, I was on tour with New Japan up in Fukuoka and I saw these posters, you've got a big show on Christmas Day in Fukuoka well, I thought to myself oh, Shingo you're 40, you're still single, you're a YouTuber <laughs> you've got nothing to do on Christmas maybe you should go do on that to go do that show, so uh, yeah, Shingo's back and uh, it's going to be good shit, so um, even if it is for one night but uh, which day yeah. is this? the 10th or the 11th? Asking for a friend. Uh, oh, the um, the show that happened last week. Yeah, is it the is it the it is it the, the it was the last Tuesday, so it was the sixth. The sixth, mm. right? Mm. I'll yep. get on it in that case. Mm. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's that's everything from me. Um, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, thank, thank you, you as always for giving me the platform. I, I really appreciate it, and I love chatting to you guys. And uh, um, yeah, if you want to hear more from me, Alvin Forel's Pro S Paradise is my show over at PW Torch. We'll have our Christmas shows coming up. The annual Joe Gagney Christmas draft is already in the oh, books. Brilliant. Recorded <laughs> weekend. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, lots of lots of fun uh, coming over the Christmas period over on the. Uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Paradise introduced to Dr. Keith Presents. That may be a spoiler for someone who'll be on as part of the uh, Christmas party. Um, it will be Dr. Keith Presents once again. Oh, on one, one, of the, yes. one of the episodes. But uh, yes, it but will be. 
if things turn out if things turn out well keith's a busy man but if things turn out well we'll we'll make it happen we will have a 34l30 with dr keith and it won't be nice. it's not it's not dr keith as a topic uh, although i'm sure we could do two hours <laughs> on dr keith uh, <laughs> with the guest dr keith but we have I, I there's very few people I would say is an even greater man than Dr. Keith, but I think even Dr. Keith would admit that the person we'll be talking about is a greater man than Dr. Keith. So um, wow. let's just say if it happens, it will be a very, very Terry Christmas. Oh, oh, oh. Get in. Love it. Oh. Uh, Alan, it's been great having you, mate. Always a pleasure. Always uh, great to, to chat to you and sit Absolute on the learning. Stellar, we Alan. promised you we wouldn't keep you the full three hours. So we'll oh, no, it's my fault. And, my, and 54 my minutes. Fault. Yeah, <laughs> my... we've, we've spared you six. <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll let you go and we'll be the troublesome boys who have a go at William Regal for the next 10 minutes. So you're all right. Go, safe, mate. go yeah. for it. Hey, I, I, oh, I, I, I have some thoughts on William Regal, let me tell you, but I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> all right. Uh, Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. Right. God bless you, and happy Christmas. Same to you guys. Bye, Alan. Oh, what a man. Brilliant as always. <laughs> it's God one of them which put Alan and we had so many subjects that, as well. Uh, yeah. I think we pretty much got everything if we uh, we wanted with Alan as well. I think, spoiler here, NXT deadline is uh, is getting shunted. We are not talking about that show tonight. We've got it. We're on two hours 54, JP. Maybe we can uh, we can acceptably maybe get to 310, 315 or something. Maybe I'll yeah. do some, uh, some clever edit. I say that like we've literally got a time limit, but you know, we don't want to waste people too much of people's time. But we can uh, maybe let's quickly. Uh, maybe wrap up on uh, on Dynamite. I will. I, I do want to quickly bury the Regal segment. Oh, uh, one of the worst things I've ever seen on a wrestling show. Yep. Um, that's no exaggeration. And that's bearing in mind, I love this show. Ricky Starks promo, A-Star. The uh, Darby Allen joe match, as I've mentioned a million times, A-Star. thought the main event tag was, uh, was an A match as well. This was, you know, <laughs> Zed. <laughs> like, yeah. the, as the, this idea of like, oh, we got to write Regal off three times. Like, you. Oh, it's fucking just like, you know, it was really the place for this exposition was when he had that promo time to himself on Dynamite and he didn't do yeah. it. And it was a bit of a gap, but it wasn't such a big gap that we had to bring the, the fucker back from the dead. Like that John Moxley completely no selling it. And just talking about, oh, well, pro wrestling's the greatest thing in the world tells you everything you need to know about what he thought about that segment. Yeah. Like, Anything would have been preferable. No regal. A letter. A fucking a beat-up regal in a hospital gown, like you know, regretting all of the decisions he made that made him a bad guy. Just getting rid of the Blackpool Combat Club altogether. Him sitting, him standing there and pretending like they cut this promo weeks ago and having Shavani play along with it. He's, basically standing there winking at the camera like he's the first person regal to tell you if wrestling looks fake you know or, or rip apart like wrestling for smiling for like it was back in the day it was the fakest thing i've ever seen in my life and it was it wasn't cute it wasn't clever it was a dream sequence it was poochie's gone back to his home planet as, yep. as you said on the weekend show it was pathetically bad. Like, and anyone should have watched that pre-tape, which it was of Regal and gone, you know what? We need to either redo this or not do it at all. And sorry, I've been holding on to that rant. I had to get it out. And I'll, I'll throw it in there. Alan agrees too. Um, yeah. I mean, like, it's it's Sir Robert Ewing coming out of the shower, isn't it? Mm. And this entire season didn't really exist. It's just an awful piece of retconning that mm. doesn't really... So It just makes, it makes everything look bad. It's just like, mm. I wouldn't have just referenced him. 
I would have said that that's him being signed off. That's the end of it. That's as good as it gets, rather than trying to shoehorn in an explanation, rather yeah. than he just turned bad, which would have just yeah. been as easy. In- instead, it was very much, I'm going back to my home planet now of mm-hmm. uh, WWE talent relations um, for, for, for what it is. But it was just pointless, awful. It should have just been those three going out, going, right, well, we're kind of on our own. This is where Danielson is. And then tell the story there with those guys. Yeah, that's that's where it needed to go. This was completely pointless. It was I was watching it, so I was like, "It's fucking real. Like, is this actually happening? Like, uh, okay." And then just watch this. Like, Pro Combat Love for bad. Life, JP. I know they, they sold a lot of. I mean, to, to they sell surprise, the merch, sell a lot of Black Pro Combat Club merch, but it it can't be can't continue to exist. This wasn't enough reason for it to continue to exist. Which, based on the ROH review, it will continue to exist. Yeah. Like. Yeah, all-time bad segments. It was worse than some of the worst WWE stuff you'll see. Like, it deserved being buried six feet under on a show that was, you know, seven-tenths of the way one of the best directs <laughs> in a while. Uh, you know, but that was that bad. I, I hated it. But we'll move on from there. I don't think we're going to uh, spend any time on it on Rampage uh, this week, JP. NXT Deadline was a show. Um, <laughs> I will I mean... say one thing about it, because I've heard there's a lot of praise for the men's match. Everything else felt like I like that gimmick if you I was gonna say that take all the rules away and just say you wit you you get a pinfall you get a point you get pinned you go in the box they're the two things you needed to know yeah and it actually worked it did work it was quite exciting watching it It, like you know the 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 additional rules made it feel more complicated than it was but in reality it really wasn't that complicated and there's a lot of scope for actually if you come in towards the end the problem is is people might well have gained a couple of points advantage by that point so going in really late doesn't necessarily help but going in at the start means you're tied towards the end so there's a kind of double-edged sword to this you go okay that's that's kind of interesting the 25 minute works the fact that they had people coming in kind of meant that it freshened up for everyone there i mean i watched the women's one which was it felt very very kind of rehearsed but actually it worked for what it yeah. was and the right person won in the sense that i didn't know roxanne perez so much i know like i read the names out from nxt but they just sort of wash over me who they're roxanne perez is roxy who was in ring of honor as the ring of honor women's champion clearly someone we you know said at the time was like actually this is someone who's worth investing in and it's probably better for her ultimately to be in that wwe system where this is where she'll be because there is something there and i think there's you know, and I think it, it, it as a gimmick, it came across well. It's how soon it ends up on the main roster because there is something you could go for this as a as like a different like you know way that I could see it to be the kind of thing they end up lifting and putting on the Survivor series. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, it feels like that type of thing is there. But it was it was so, like the concept was much better than what I thought it was. As for the rest of the card, I just sort of flicked through bits. I the witch versus the fire woman thing is just bollocks like i saw all that stuff i was just like she grabbed him on the car yeah he started spewing up spewing up black blood awful pretty deadly have a good look to them and they they i I think they're great i was surprised news they went over and was surprised it felt a bit like you know when you'd go to like a progress show and like the import or the or the wwe star or whatever would win and you'd just be like well hang on why are we all cheering for this surely we should be cheering our guy like that's what i felt when when new day went over but it's stars winning nxt belts and those fans yeah. are really going to see them more i think as long as it ends in pretty deadly getting the win back um which it probably will um, will do probably in a ladder match or something mm-hmm. just in order to mm-hmm. protect new day from that main roster stuff but that's kind of fine awesome 
interference for, from whoever they'll end up feuding with on the main roster. I, I, I was kind of fine with that because it's not like it, it keeps pretty deadly in the focus. And they have a look and everything else that kind of works. I'm saying we were saying this at the time when they got signed signed up is actually this is kind of like the best place for them. This is they were above them. NXT UK. They yeah. were always above that. Mm. Yeah. And it felt like that straight away. And a lot of people who've been around for a lot more years, mm. you, know, you know, never felt being like above NXT UK, but they did. I didn't mm. see the main event. It was good. No, it was good. Like I say, the, the a good use of the match. I enjoyed the fact that they did the the whole thing with um. He's, let's just call him a kid and um, being trapped in the uh, in the box with uh. I think it was Devil, unfortunately. But yeah, they uh, they made it. It was clever. Like you know, you, you were thinking, well, they're both in the box. Why are they not fighting? And like uh, Devil and tried to grab him from going out. So he just locked the door and beat the shit out of him. Very much enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, for, for multiple reasons. Um. But yeah, you know, they, it, was it was the Bron Breaker was... match any good? Was it? I looked three stars on the app. No, just... it was a. Uh, it was a by the numbers win, which, like I said on the other day, it surprised me. It was the main event, but then I did catch myself and kind of go, "But hang on, you know they did do the angle, you know, in the in the post match with uh, with Waller." Um, so you know that's it. But recent Waller coming out just felt like there isn't what a difference between classic NXT Black and Gold, where that this would be a spot for like Adam Cole or you know like an indie or a or a Nakamura or a big star. Yeah. He's just he looks he looks like a WWE trainee. He looks yep. like you know he looks like he should be a natural born thriller. He doesn't uh, you know have that quite that weight behind them being the the big end of show stuff is as, as entertaining as he has been. In uh, in bits, but yeah, I really liked um, um, what you what you call it in the uh, in the men's one. Um, Carmelo Hayes, Carmelo Hayes. Sorry, yeah, I thought he looked great in there. He looks. Uh, he needs know, to be up on the main roster, maybe. I but I don't. I mean, is he going to do better than Ricochet? Probably not. Like uh, this was AEW, I'd say yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't know where he fits, but I do like him. That's all I was going to say. I see level. If you were going to go with something for him, I would just say IC level and make sure he comes up and he's got a heater with him. That's okay. Not everyone needs to be a main eventer. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Just see, see what happens and see if it sticks, see if he connects with the crowd, and then you can always change your mind on it. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention briefly outside of uh, Dead Vine, yeah. if you don't have any other thoughts, I did watch the uh, the main event from Impact, uh, Josh Alexander yes. and Speedball Mike Bailey. There's an hour uncut version on YouTube. I watched the version from the TV show. Um, and then I was partying. I was like, oh, you know what? I've sunk this amount of time. I probably should have taken the extra uh, 10 minutes and watched the, uh, the full thing. I, I'll just say I thought it was great. Um, I thought, yeah. you know, spoiler. There is a negative of when you go in, and we've said this about like some of the longer Noah matches last year, or, or any match really, when you go in knowing it's going to be an hour or so, mm. it does take a bit of the drama out because you're looking at the, the you know the running time and going, well, it's still 25 minutes to go here, so how could I possibly bite on anything? But I almost thought like they fought through that and there was drama there and they did yeah. sell the fact that they'd have a marathon match there. You know, and speedball, as much as I love them, can be a bit danger of maybe uh, shrugging things off to it to not everyone's tastes at times. But no, I thought he was great here. I thought Josh was great here. And if I'm impact, I do this. I know it's not the first time doing it, but it's something that's got them a little bit of buzz, something they could throw up on the YouTube in full. It's going to get match of the year tour. I don't yeah. think it's quite at that level as much as I enjoyed it, but a great sh Maybe the shop window is probably the wrong way because you don't want them to go anywhere else. But it was a great, you know, exhibition. I think for for Josh and for and for Mike Bailey, who's fit in like a glove and impact. It's been great to see him on a higher level, even if it is impact. I being completely agree with. You. I went four point two five on this, and we've been sport this week for wrestling. Really, if we be mm. honest, we've like we've kind I go of four. Um, and I think that's mm. absolutely fair enough because I thought the work was tremendous. I watched the hour long one while I was in the laundrette, and mm. um, it fit along perfectly to that because. 
yeah, it's like say you're going 59 minutes and mm -hmm. what 40 seconds effectively mm -hmm. for this, but it's the kind of thing that a adds to this Josh Alexander title reign, which if you look at it in matches and everything else, has been tremendous. There's not many TNA champions that have meant anything to business side so i kind of ignore like the business metrics with tna because it kind of depends on how you feel about the overall product but yeah. i thought it was it was tremendous i mean the idea of you know bailey working on the arm to stop him from getting you know being able to do like his kind of german suplexes and his um and the ankle lock as well you know the there were just some like kind of really kind of good spots that were well spaced out so mm. it never dropped in pace. Mm. And at the same time, you were able to have a big spot, but then they had a bit of time to breathe as well. And it just sort of made the hour-long draw go natural. I thought some bits on the call when they referred to Bully Ray, I was getting pissed off because I, like, I don't hear anything about him during Did you see this. the angle before the match? I that did was a... what led into it. Yeah. Didn't... Oh, oh he just, just called out Bully Ray and Bully Ray just did the promo on the screen basically saying no and then speedball said well i'll take it um, yeah. but it was just seeing bully ray there gave me like i i enjoyed bully ray's you know property and i run but he just gives me douche fucking what's the radio station he's on gobshite radio busted, uh, right. busted, busted open. Open. if you go to a wrestling show by the way the busted open sign you should be sent direct to prison um, and yeah. but yeah anywho i, <laughs> I just don't at like least have your hard just... drives properly scanned bygone era he's from and it's yeah the it, it I don't want yeah. it. He's not a reason to watch Impact in there. I think he'll be wanting to say, I should be winning the title. Probably. And then he won't lose it to Josh Alexander in a proper way. Because I think the thing you come out of this with is really what a cracking. I mean, I haven't still haven't seen that Eric Young match from Overdrive that was getting a lot of, a lot of kind of rave reviews as, as well. Mm -hmm. But you think of the overall body of work. I mean, Josh Alexander is exactly the right champion for that kind of uh, company as it is. I just wish the match had taken place in Canada. It would have meant a lot more. It would have been something there. It's just like, you know, this is the kind of thing I would go to if you're in Canada as well. But Impact don't have many things to use the kind of selling point. AW, I'm going to put an hour-long match on TV. Neither a WWE. You might as well. You, if you're going to do it, you're like, they're in a position to go and do it as well. And I thought it was good. To, I was mentioning about the call on there. that There were points going, look, we were going to have Eddie Edwards versus Delirious, but we have to move that to next week. And I just thought, oh, yeah, the kind of nice little details you want to throw in. Actually, this match is going a lot longer than what we expected it to. We thought we might have something else there in between. And yeah, it, it, I, you know, I read through the TV taping spoilers, but I didn't, I wasn't aware that, that like I'd completely forgotten about the fact this being like an hour long match. And I've seen some, Awful hour-long matches. Looking at you, Brett and Sean, primarily hmm. uh, for that. But this is one that, like, just in terms of the level of work, the way things were spaced out, the pace is really good. There's a point you think 40 minutes in now, they're kind of fucked. And then they just sort of kick into another gear. It, well worth watching. Definitely. There you go. So a recommendation there. Managed to squeeze yeah. it in, JP. But yeah, we've uh, we've gone long, so I think we'll uh, yeah. we'll call it there. Um, just to say, programming note. Uh, obviously, we're getting into the uh, the Christmas season. Unbelievably, mm -hmm. um, not far away now. Uh, we are going to be doing the uh, the Grappy Awards uh, next week. Um, yeah. So that will that will take up uh, the slot next week. We're going to be doing Crappy Awards, which will be uh, Patreon specific. So you want to hear the negativity? Uh, get yourself on the Patreon. But with that being uh, next week's show, will be the Grappy Awards on the uh, on the main feed. Uh, I think we. Gonna try and uh, get some uh, some dynamite talking on uh, this week's uh, Patreon uh, weekend show at the uh, at the weekend as well as well as yeah because New Japan have got a, got a show as well so uh, that might be uh, where that lands but uh, stay tuned we'll uh, 
provide details on where it is and obviously for patrons to uh to give their thoughts on uh, mm-hmm. on the best stuff of the year for the uh the grappy awards and yeah week after that jp it's going to be the uh the big old uh christmas uh batch which uh, used to be asked red joe now it's uh ask grapple whatever we call it the uh the, the big christmas show that goes about six hours and jp gets pissed there uh, yeah looking there uh, one looking drink to be doing that the uh yeah. possibly the 27th it's looking to be for that one, 27th this uh, is what we're looking like yeah there you go and uh obviously i'm doing the other uh, bwe uh, big fat quiz of the year this week as well i fly on post yeah. on thursday night so plenty of content out there shield mixtape observers all that stuff on the page john anything else you want to shout out jp um i would say here at alan earlier on i was on the uh part of the uh um 4l 34l 30 series uh doing uh satoshi kojima that was great fun to re- record it as well up on the patreon have uh me and karen peterson back for another episode of the karen peterson show which was uh, again great to do i feel gutted that we didn't get a chance to talk about the whole sasha banks possibly being verbal agreement which in wrestling means fuck all squared let's be brutally mm. honest about that um but we spoke about so much about the track you know f- seven shows in five days absolutely wild stuff on there so that's that's up on patreon um at the moment as well um but yeah, uh, otherwise, yeah, go to allthingspatreon.com forward slash grapple or follow me on Twitter at jpgp 3 es Haven't said that for a while. There you go. Follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard E. Download the Grapple app and yeah, we will see you next week for the Grappy Awards. See you all. Bye. Brilliant. Only three Yay. hours, 10 minutes and 42 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I d- honestly, I thought, I thought we might end up doing this in two and a half hours. Fucking hell. Fucking behavior, really, isn't it? Oh, poor Alan. Uh, no, you see, Alan said he was going to go at half 10. <laughs> yeah. We just dragged him on there, didn't we? Bless him. Uh, but he, I thought he was really good. Like, I didn't, they'll, oh, yeah. there'll be a bit of fat maybe you can cut off from the beginning. Of, uh... I think I will, yeah, for the uh, for the race. So there you go. Patrons have got uh, some bonus uh, chat Exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll find a way to chop it down to three hours. And... Uh, in terms of title and music, there's a part of me wants Dalton Castle's music as the theme because mm. it's just so shockingly. Like, I do like it. Brazen. I like it as a, definitely an outro. Yeah. For an intro, could we use? Oh, I don't know what could we use. What was the big stuff uh, from the from Final Battle? Um, I don't like the Briscoes. Questions from uh, the media. Briscoes. We we did we did get ten minutes of uh, of Alan uh, giving us uh, the Briscoes yeah. uh, history. Maybe we could use the Briscoes theme. Um, I don't use the Briscoes. I would be tempted to use the proper one though. It would be Earl and it's Um If I'm doing Briscoes, I'm 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 going full Briscoes, mate. Yeah, that's absolutely fine on there. I've already get someone giving a stick, but I could give l- less than a shit. I, I almost feel bad. Whenever they come up, you feel like you've got it's like Osprey, isn't it? You've got to you've got to preface it with. However, you know we don't endorse. Them. I don't know. I just with the Briscoes, I think it's it's terrible. What Circular argument at this point. You're either willing, like there's, there's it's terrible. What most of the you know right of America think about that subject too. You know, yeah. and uh, and the way he expressed it was obviously the issue, and that's why. TBS still won't let him on to let Jay. And I say him, Jay, not Mark. Mark hasn't done anything um, mm. as far as we know. Um, but yeah, um, unfortunate. But hey, yeah, I'll use it. Um, yeah. You can't get any more grief than that time we used um, what you Lost call profits. it. Ian Watkins. <laughs> so. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> we made so many good points as well in that. And then it was the Fuck idea that, of, we're, we're going to ignore all the good points you made because we're going to focus on this song. And that was on us because we we were doing it to, to be yeah. on the wind up and we wound up. So what can you yeah, say? Yeah, we did. Uh, Can't we really be surprised at that happening, but mm. such is life. But yeah, that works. What about titles? 
Oh, that's a, a kind of slightly tough one. Definitely a couple here. of good ones. I just can't remember what they were. It's been a while. It's not like kind of, oh my God, I'm just trying to think on here. Um, having a look through uh, at, at this stage, what, what we would have had on there. Unless, unless you want to make an eye like Fair City or something like that as a like a Fair City but that, would, in, yeah. but that would be kind of that'd be quite neat. There was something Alan said that I was like, oh, that's the title. That's it. I can't remember what it was. It was that long ago. Oh Jesus! We talked about EastEnders as well. That was Shoot Dead would be one. Yeah, I was shocked. I thought uh, Alan was an, an EastEnders guy. Um, that surprised yeah, he's up with a lot of our EastEnders chat in the past to uh, to uh, to be in with us. Um, yeah, I'll have a little look then. I'll see if uh, yeah it comes up. That's obvious. Uh, oh, something Hollyoaks related. Oh, um, yeah, shoot dead dot cotton. Like I don't, that feels like <laughs> someone's going to go. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go at June Brown now, which I never would do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pissed, pissed buff Bagwell was what? Uh, where was pissed up buff, buff Bagwell? Yeah, that could be a pre-show title. I think that could. Uh... Oh no, that was in the main show, or was it? Yeah, it was in the main show. Yeah. Fifteen to one. Like there's yeah. lots of things. Yeah. Yeah, I'll listen because I'm going to cut some bits out of that anyway. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll listen. I should have done that with the World Cup chat last week because I, I didn't. By the time I'd put it out, because it was a tough edit last week, because we did yeah. that. You know that thing with the different files on each everyone's side. It oh. just fucked it, and I couldn't get it. It was one of the rare times I didn't get it out on the night because of that. And in the end, I was just like, "Fuck, it's going out as is." But yeah. by the time I put it out, I think Portugal had already played, so <laughs> it was just like, "Ah, probably could have saved everyone twenty minutes there." For the Fucking day. blessed relief! I had games for two days at the minute. next week. It's unbelievable. Isn't it? I've been, I've enjoyed that. I'm, I'm sad it's going to be over. Yeah. But... Unlike this podcast, which I think we should end. Yes. <laughs> I don't think people will be uh, sad it's over. But yeah, like I say, uh, we'll communicate more on the, if anyone is uh, yep. is listening to the extended cut. Uh, obviously, we are planning on doing the Grappy Awards next week. I think the current plan is to do Grappy Awards Tuesday um, yes. as a stream for patrons and then do the Grappy Award, the crappy awards along that that you will all get as its own separate file, um, whereas the public feed will just get the uh, the positives. So they'll have to pay the money um, to get the, uh, mm. the negatives. But yeah, we'll have a, that Shield mixtape as well. That's in the can too, ready to uh, to go out later this week as well. Hopefully uh, people will enjoy too. But yeah, who knows? Might sneak another one in there somewhere too, as well as the uh, the Christmas party. But stay tuned, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Brilliant. All I have to say is... Uh... <laughs> Toffa Sifua, Samoan. That's for you, <laughs> Gates of Agony. We had a bit of a discussion about it. And Samoa Joe, obviously, as well. There you go. Was Samoa big Joe. longer in that press conference for some reason. He was. He changed his accent in Everton. But yeah. like when I talk to other scouts. Anyhow, good night, all. See ya. Bye. <laughs>